Welcome, everybody, to the RF Generation Collector Cast, episode 39, Bill. 39, wow. 39 of these stupid things. <laughs> Can you believe people still tune in? They do? A few of them. Yeah, no, they're anyway. out there. They're awesome. We appreciate it. Unfortunately, Bill, our wonderful, beloved crab master could not be with us. Uh, it's this, it's this fortunate time. for him. He needed some some you know mental health uh, time off. Uh, and I'm thrilled that he to report that he's uh, uh, told us just earlier today that he has no fewer than six hours in persona over the last few days. <laughs> yeah, and he finished uh, what was a dying light on PS4 or something like in a day. Yeah, yeah. So he's uh, uh, so he said, okay, you're playing video games on vacation. I guess you must be uh, uh, you know relaxed a little bit. And he said, yeah, it's been fantastic so far. He's down in the uh, he's actually down in our country right now in uh, down in the U.S. and uh, I'm actually going to be where he is now in like a month and a half. I was like, ah, I just missed you. But uh, yeah, he's down with the fam on vacation. So we're glad to have him uh, get some time off. Slumming it in the States, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, uh, we can't uh, not represent our great neighbor to the north. So we've um, we've brought some substitute Canadians <laughs> one this time around, right? Yep, got some sub cans and we got some good ones. <laughs> We did some fantastic ones. So um, I'm going to take a moment and let our guest introduce himself. So Pam, do you want to get started? Sure. Uh, hi, I'm Pam. I've been listening to the show for a while. I'm a big retro gaming fan and actually fan of basically all games. Um, I have a YouTube channel called Cannot Be Tamed, where I talk about uh, retro games, new games, I do vlogs and things, and I also have a blog with by the same name, which is a little bit neglected for the moment. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Videos don't do that, eat up all your time. No, or anything, no, right? they're so easy to make. <laughs> right. And, I, I, uh, yeah. I edit videos on the side, so I completely understand how that yep. goes. And if I might just throw in uh, my little endorsement, I found out about uh, Pam's YouTube channel from uh, Single Banana and the RF Gen Playcast, which she should also be listening to. And uh, that's when I started watching uh, Pam's channel not too long ago. And uh, I got to say, it's something you should uh, go and check out. I'm having fun with it so far. Yeah, and I'm really kind of enjoying because uh, to segue not to a little bit later in our topic, but I mean, you've been doing these Let's Plays of Snatcher, right? I have, yeah. I actually just finished up the Snatcher Let's Play. I think it was 13 parts in total. So that the last one just went up, I think, last week. Yeah, I watched some of those and I've never played through Snatcher. I don't, I don't own that one, uh, but... A little, little interesting. <laughs> it's kind of it's, it's weird uh, in places, but, um, you know, I guess it's of its era, right? Yeah, it's of its era, and I think it's uh, sort of a Kojima thing. Most of his games are a little bit on the odd side. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I was going to say, uh, Kojima game, weird? <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Uh, at least there's no Lilai Lo Lu Li Lu. What is that? Oh, they're in know. there. <laughs> we just don't know about them yet. <laughs> Uh, and also joining us is uh, is Will. Will, you want to introduce yourself? Hi. Uh, hi, I'm Will. Um, you may know me from Twitter. Um, I, also, I do. Of course you do. We talk all day. It <laughs> helps me get through the work day. It's, uh, you and, me too. You and Tom just really um, make the time fly by. 
Uh, other than that, you may see me on Instagram. Both my handles are uh, WattsWC. I'm also on you know various forums, Nintendo Age, Sega Age, RF Generation. And yeah, I don't really do YouTube and stuff like that. I'm a little camera shy, so I let Pam take hold down the fort for that in this house. Now, Pam recently did like a thing, like ask questions or something. And my question was like, hey, how come you haven't had Will on camera? So tell me, what's the deal behind that? I'm just not a camera guy. I'm camera shy. <laughs> I, uh, uh, we've been together for a few years now, and I think maybe three or four pictures of us exist. I'm just not a camera guy at all. So it'll it'll happen maybe one day, but not in the near future. Now, I see, like, these few pictures, though, where you look like you're ripped, like you spend seven years at the gym every day or something, and you're like, I'm eating pure protein something or other. Um, but no, not photogenic. Is that the deal? <laughs> Apparently not. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, I've had my pictures taken a lot, and I'm probably about as ugly as a brick wall. So, oh, I mean, I what's your excuse? Your silver fox. I saw the hair. <laughs> <laughs> Please tell my wife that. Yeah. Will you? I, I sympathize with not with being camera shy. Uh, I don't sympathize with being very fit. <laughs> <laughs> You've got a nice shape going, Bill. Uh, that's one of my resolutions, uh, if you can put it that way. <laughs> is to ad- wife- is to address that nice shape. My wife is on a health kick, you know, she's doing like, she did like this sugar detox thing. Mm. Do you know what this is all about where you just no sugar for like a week? I've been uh, on that detox for about six months and it's... Really? Yeah, it's it's pretty good uh, in terms of weight loss and stuff like that, but it's it's tough. It's very tough. Yeah. Yeah, does, I mean, I'm no health nut. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm not horrible or anything, but right. uh, you know, I I would be pretty mad yeah. <laughs> like if you I, took my sugar away. Uh, a, a good friend of mine, uh, one of the guys or, organizers of uh, the Retro World Expo, um, he did 21 Day Fix. Uh, uh, you know, last year, um, lost a good amount of weight, kept it off, and he did like you know like a couple more rounds of it. And I was talking to him, and I said, so you know, what's the hardest part? And he said, really, it's like when you first start it. It's it's zero sugar, so like you know nothing in your mm-hmm. coffee, like nothing in the food, like absolutely zero. And then like as you're you know, as you progress through it, you can introduce like a little bit. Um, but I mean, the whole idea is that you're not fighting the battle on both fronts. Like you're not uh, you know uh, you know doing all this uh, uh, exercise and then just putting things in your body that are you know fighting the cause. So uh, I can imagine it's a huge amount of discipline, and uh, that's going to be uh, our next step. We hope. That's but that uh, all that horrible stuff tastes so good. That's you know what? <laughs> if it were easy, <laughs> the country wouldn't look the way it looks. <laughs> That's America, right there. Yep. Um, but also, kind of talking about Sega. Well, you've got a pretty good Sega collection going, right? I do. Um, I've got some things. I've got um, just some things. Some things. I'm, I'm working on putting together a full Saturn set as well as Sega CD. I'm little over the halfway mark for both of them. Um, I'm finding that the titles I am missing now are sort of like Madden 97 or ESPN <laughs> Basketball. So it's it's hard for me to justify ordering those online. <laughs> really? Yeah. So uh, I'm kind of hoping that they'll show up somewhere eventually locally. Um, I'm sure Krabby's told you guys our dollar here is just the worst. So Yeah, no, I know. I watch it. Yeah. So importing stuff is uh, not fun right now. So I'm kind of holding out. Yeah, your guys' money is like a horror show right now, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And we're yeah. and we're going <laughs> to the states in uh, in a week or two, and so that yeah, you're going to Magfest. Magfest. So I'm very ex- oh, awesome. very excited for Magfest. Not excited to pay for anything at Magfest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm- you should have like prepaid like six months ago, and you would have been fine. 
Yeah, I didn't know you guys were going to be there. I will be there on Saturday. Oh, awesome! Really? Maybe yeah. you should definitely come say hi then. Yeah, we'll hook up then, and uh, we'll uh, we might have some stuff to announce there. So I guess we'll see what happens then. Mm. Cool. Mm. <laughs> Intriguing. <laughs> yeah, because I I uh, invited these two, Bill, to come to Retro World Retro World Expo, but they couldn't make it. Yeah, it's uh, you know it's a whole other country. Well, it's not the <laughs> couldn't make it thing. It's, it was only one day, and we were gonna drive down, and it's about excuses. And excuses, it was my excuses. My birthday weekend as well. <laughs> I oh, offered wow. I offered to sing you Happy That's Birthday true. if you can. That's true. You did. That's I don't know if that's sweetening the pot. It's <laughs> probably not. You so, guys but, missed so, out. On, so, so wait. So what you're saying is, if the event were more than one day, you'd be more mm-hmm. likely to come. We'll be there 100 percent if it's at least two uh, days. I guess we'll see what's going on pretty soon. Well, what do you know? <laughs> Foreshadowing. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we will get to hang out a little bit at some point in time. Yeah, I'm not going to be able to make it to MAGFest. It's just terrible timing for me over on that side. But that's cool. If you guys can meet up with Bill and say, hey, that would be fantastic. I would love to get there sometime. I've got a lot of friends that go. It's just, man, February is like the worst time. Yeah, it's, it's tricky. And, and and every year before this one, it was the same thing. It, it snuck up on me, and I'm like, oh, I can't make it. And this year, for the last few months, I was like, okay, it's on the calendar. My wife knew about it. My work knew about it. So I was like, okay, it's happening. So I'm only sneaking. I can't go for the whole thing, but I'm going to get down there. Uh, me and Chris uh, from uh, Retro World are going to get down there Saturday to Sunday. Cool. Fantastic. Are you guys doing any uh, Retro World stuff? I mean, uh, RetroWare stuff there? Or? Uh, John and Lance are. Um, okay. they, they are guests, uh, and they'll have a Retro uh, uh, Wear TV panel. Um, there is not a Retro World Expo panel, but uh, since we are friends of the show and they are friends of our show, they graciously invited us to uh, uh, to come attend. So I'm going to take advantage of as much time as I can get there. That's awesome. That's wonderful. Um, I'm probably going to be trying to go to Midwest Gaming Classic. I know nobody else here is going to be there. <sighs> it, it, would but, be great, uh, it would be great. It would be awesome if it, I could. If any of our listeners are going to be at, at MGC this year, let me know. Um, I would just hit me up on Twitter or something. I'd like to meet everybody. Cool. Hey everybody, you know all about our sponsor, Off the Charts Video Games. We talk about them all the time. Um, You can find them at otcvideogames.com or otcvideogames on social media like Twitter and Facebook. I really encourage you to follow them so you can get an update on all their products. Remember that you can always use our discount code COLLECTORCAST to save 5% on your purchases. But I want to tell you about a couple new things that are going on with OTC Video Games. As usual, you can still buy the great products that they've been selling, so used games, individual boxes, manuals. You see pictures of the actual items that you're buying, not just some generic stock photos. Buying from them, if you buy over $50 worth of product in the U.S., they're going to give you free shipping. Um, They also buy used games and consoles. You can get with them. You can turn that into store credit or cash. Um, If you sell them more than $100 worth of items, they're going to give you free shipping of the stuff to their store, so it's a great deal. Uh, they've opened a brand new store in the Culpsville, Pennsylvania area. So if you're out that direction, I really encourage you to stop by their store, take a look, tell them that the guys from the Collector Cast sent you over. I also want to mention something new. They're, they've got a nice new clothing line that's available through their website, so kind of cool video game-related apparel. 
And the big thing is their, their new reward system. So the rewards are really pretty cool. You can earn these um, doing a variety of things for store credit. One big thing you can do is you can refer your friends. Uh, there's no purchase required to sign up to get an account. So you can sign up for account just for signing up. You're going to get some points. Um, you can accrue those points towards your credit. And if you make a referral, your friend will get 5% off their first purchase, and you're going to get 500 points, which is redeemable for $5 in that store credit. So again, keep that in mind. No purchase necessary. Refer your friends. It's going to help you get some free store credit. So again, just a quick reminder, you can find them at otcvideogames.com or on social media, OTC Video Games, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. These guys do great work. I really recommend that you check them out. And don't forget our coupon code COLLECTORCAST. Well, that's great. So, um, as usual, we like to start things out when we've got them with some listener questions. So we always we get some good ones, we get some entertaining ones, mm -hmm. and so let's uh, let's crack these open for a minute. So the first one is from um, our own Gray Ghost, uh, Sean Gray on Facebook. Sean, he's our only Facebook question this time around, but he asked. Well, this is a longer one, so I'm going to try to make it sound dramatic. <laughs> Have you gotten into any? Uh, yeah, didn't start that well. <laughs> Have you gotten into any already established musical artists, not video game composers, by discovering their songs in a video game? And he says, I discovered Tom Vec in Grand Theft Auto 4 and Dylan Francis in Saints Row the Third, and they ended up becoming some of my favorite artists in real life. It's a great question. I started a thread like this in RF Gen uh, a while ago. Um, I've, I've got several uh, in, in my mind, but I'm going to let uh, our guests go first, uh, see if uh, Will and Pam have any any anyone they've discovered, not uh, non-video game composers they've discovered in games. Um, discovered? I have a hard time thinking of something I've pulled out. I've like heard a lot of artists that have kind of been rekindled old like memories sort of like mm. when i go back and play quake i'll hear like nine inch nails or something sure. or when i play some of those old ea games i'll hear um you know um like disturbed or something like that but other than that nothing that i've really found a new artist and gone out and actively seeked their music uh, maybe mm. pam has something to add uh yeah i feel sort of the same way i can't say that there's someone i discovered that i ended up really loving but um, as Sean mentions with uh, Saints Row, uh, Saints Row 3 and 4 are both just full of excellent music where I hear it in the game and then I go out and buy it. And then anytime I hear that song in the future, I think about Saints Row. So uh, that's one of the games for me that, you know, it's not necessarily that it makes me discover new music, but sort of remember old music and add it to my playlists. Totally. Bill? I mean, I've got I've got a few, so maybe you should go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Bill's going to take the next half hour here. I'll try um, not to. <laughs> I'm going to come out just with two of them. One of them was uh, LCD Sound System. Um, I discovered them. Yeah, I love LCD Sound System now, but I had never heard them, and I don't remember what driving game it was. But it was an Xbox 360 kind of early driving game. Might have been like a uh, uh, Project Flat Out. 
probably, probably like Project Gotham. Uh, but it was one of the tunes on that, just one of their songs, and I, it was just really catchy. So then I had to go back and kind of listen to everything that they did. And I'm still a fan, and they're getting back together. So there's going to be a new LCD Sound System album coming out and a new tour. So I'm pretty excited. They, they had been disbanded for a number of years. Um, and then there was another band called Sol Perea. They're, uh, I believe, an Argentinian band. Hmm. I can't even remember what game it is anymore that I played <laughs> that I had their song. But um, one of their tunes was pretty catchy that was in there, and I've started to listen to them. They're, I don't think they're a very well-known band at all, but you can catch a lot of their music, um, obviously, digitally. And they've got a few videos on YouTube. So, um, yeah, those would be my picks. Very cool. Um, the the ones that uh, uh, stick out for me, um, they're all from sports games, uh, and one of them is a skateboarding game, but I guess yeah, that's still considered a sports game. Um, and I guess the reason for that is if you're talking about non-video uh, game composers, so that means licensed music. The only games that really use licensed music are, you know, sports games and uh, like maybe like a handful, you know, have like a, a, like a theme song that was licensed or something like that. Um, but, you know, being the hockey guy... Uh, it's mostly from NHL, uh, uh, like menu music screens. I would launch like a new NHL game, and the first place I would go was to EA Tracks, and you could like you know turn off all the music you didn't like. So I would I spend so much time in the menus in NHL that I you know if I hear a song I don't like, I it really grinds my gears. So like I'll go in that EA Tracks, I'll listen to like ten seconds of each song, and if I can't stand it, I turn it off. So now it's full of good music. I discovered a band called Middle Class Riot. I don't know if any of you guys have ever heard of them. Um, it's a two-person band, um, guitar player and a drummer. Um, so kind of like like a local H uh, type feel. Um, just really, really awesome. Kind of like heavy, uh, uh, like not metally, but like just like a heavier, really good harmonies because both of them sing. Um, and I've I discovered this band a couple years ago in like NHL thirteen or fourteen, whatever it was. And I got their whole album, and it's one of those albums where every single song in the album is fantastic. Uh, so middle class rut um, was one for me, but also in the Tony Hawk uh, games. Maybe it was because I never really listened to any punk or like punkish type rock. Um, but like every song on the Tony Hawk like one and two soundtrack were bands that I had never heard of. So like every song I would like go and find out who it was, and I was like, oh, they're really cool. And then I had to go, you know, get uh, uh, you know whatever music I could from like oh, it was like like Goldfinger and uh, uh, System of a Down. Um, and I guess it was just because I had never heard of any of these bands outside, you know, the game. They were probably established with other people, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's it all came from like Tony Hawk games and uh, NHL menus for me. Awesome. Uh, I want to give a quick mention too, like uh, the two title tracks to the two Borderlands, first two Borderlands games, were really good and got me interested in those artists as well. Yeah. So my father-in-law had just got into Borderlands. Uh, who listens to this show? Hey Jim, and uh, he just uh, uh, I introduced him to Borderlands and. He kept playing the intro over and over again just to hear that, like, uh, what is it? Uh, Ain't no rest for the wicked. Yeah, did you teach him? He could just buy the song. Yeah, no. He, <laughs> he, but you know what he likes about it? He likes how the scene like goes with the beat of the music. Like oh, when like okay. the beat hits, like the truck like hits a skag. So he 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 got a kick out of it. He kept he like kept turning it on. Awesome, awesome. Uh, moving over to Twitter, we got a few questions from there. So the first one comes from uh, our good buddy Duke from Retro Nonsense. So he's at Duke0619. He asks, how often do you game together? I think really he's probably directing this at Pam and Will <laughs> uh, and not Bill and I because, you know, 
we, we, we hang tight, but how often do you game together and are there any favorite couch co-op games you enjoy playing together? So again, I'm guessing this is probably more towards you two because we just did a couch co-op kind of uh, show. So this is a great one for, for you two. Do you guys have any awesome games you like to play together? Yeah, well, first I want to say hi to Duke. We'll see him at MAGFest as well. So um, Jealous, jealous. <laughs> Maybe well, I'll take a photo for you. you get awesome. It. Yeah. Uh, as for couch co-op games, um, we play a lot of beat-em-ups together. Um, those seem to be easily accessible where you can just sit down and jump right into it right away. Um, most recently, we played Streets of Rage, Turtles in Time, Die Hard Arcade. Oh, yeah. A lot of things she's done for her videos. Uh-huh. Um, a few other things I want to play a little bit more in depth. We played a little bit of Sunset Riders, but we played the Super Nintendo version, and personally, I'm not a fan of it, so I'd like to give a, that a replay on the Sega Genesis. Um, other than that, um, I might be missing a few. Pam? Uh, yeah, it's sometimes tough since we sort of like different games. So a lot of the time we'll sit down and play something to play something together and one of us doesn't like it. So we stop. But uh, yeah, beat em ups <laughs> for sure are uh, something that we play. Uh, we were just playing uh, Tengen Tetris the other day. We played that together. Oh. It's got a co-op mode. Uh, often, because I like in my reviews, if there is a co-op, to talk about the co-op and the single player, so that's a good excuse to play co-op together if there is a co-op mode. Uh, and then one thing that I really like, since we both like shoot 'em ups is Jamestown Plus on PlayStation 4. Uh, that's, uh, super fun. I like that one. And occasionally, I guess it's not couch co-op, but we play Counter-Strike once in a while. Nice. Uh, yeah, I you recently did a review on Legendary Wing. So was Will your wing man? Uh, it's all worse. That's the worst joke. That was. God, that sucked. I'm sorry. Yeah. I had to put you. Put yeah, you he that. was. We uh, didn't end up playing that one for very long. The slowdown sort of kept us out of that. But uh, other things like Rescue Rangers, I think we played together for the review. Um, I'm sure there was more, but that's all I can think of right now. Awesome. Uh, well, Bill, we kind of already talked about some of this stuff in a previous show, so um, Duke, you can always go back and listen, although I'm sure you probably listened in the first <laughs> place. But thanks thanks for coming up with a question uh, aimed at Will and, and Pam. Thanks. Thanks a lot for that. Um, up next, we've got Rich uh, at the single banana on Twitter. He says, does Will think he could bench press the weight of his entire collection? <laughs> um... <laughs> I don't think so, no. I'm, I'm looking at these shelves. I'm eyeing them up and down as I was reading the question. I, I don't think so. There's about five of them, and they're pretty heavy. So it's a struggle even to move them. <laughs> oh, Rich. I don't know what's wrong with you, buddy, but uh, there you go. Up next, we've got Raul Romo. I love saying his name. Oh, it's That's great. Real- that's real Jeff Unstick or Jeff Funstick, which is I like to say <laughs> on Twitter. Real I, I, I Jeff didn't know his Funstick. Name was Raul. That's a that's a solid Raul. name. He's got uh, some M Bison in him. Doesn't Raul Romo sound like a wrestler name? Uh, or an out of work uh, quarterback? <laughs> Ouch. Anyway, um, he asks, I can't think of a solid one. So how about? But this question is pretty good. Yeah, but, it's not bad. Um, Favorite Mega Man game? There's a couple, so we'll just start with that one. So, favorite Mega Man game? Pam, what is your favorite Mega Man game? I'm going to tell you my my history with Mega Man. Uh-oh. Uh, <laughs> once, when I was about 10 years old, I played one of the Mega Man games on NES at a friend's house. And that's it. My story's over. <laughs> oh, no! Do you even know what one it was? What? 
Do you even know what one no. it was? No. Maybe oh, maybe two. You- I don't know. Oh. <laughs> Will, what are you doing, man? I play it all the time. I try to get her to play. I'm, I'm literally wearing a Mega Man shirt right now. Like, there's what are you Mega doing? Man is well represented in this house. I, I, I can't force her. I've got to. I'm sorry. I got to shut this whole show down. It's no fun anymore. What, what, what's what's worse, her never having played more than those few minutes of that one Mega Man game, or if she said four is her favorite? <laughs> like you will, because that's sure my favorite. <laughs> Well, we know you're wrong, Bill. I'm so it's the okay. only one. No I might be the only one in the world that says that too. Everyone says either two or three or one of the X's. At least you don't say five. I'll give you oh, that. Oh, I don't know if there's any of those people out there. <laughs> Will redeem me. Re- redeem this thing here. Show me Canadians know what Mega Man's all about. Um, in the regular series, two, yeah. two. You can't can't argue with two. Um, yes, you can because these guys do. <laughs> uh, two. <laughs> But I won't argue uh, with you because you. you're right. And uh, in the X series, X4 for me. X4? Yeah. Isn't that the first PlayStation one? And Saturn as well. Yeah, I had it on Saturn as a youngin'. Fond memories. Ah, uh, yeah. Just because he's not here to represent himself, should we answer for Krabby? No, no. no. Forget him. He's Krab- in Florida. <laughs> Krabby, no. Krabby, Krabby's answer is two. <laughs> now we're going to get complaints the next time he comes on. Ah, uh, all right. So let's hope this one turns out better. Favorite Super Mario game? Ooh. Will, take you want to take this one start? Off. For me, it would have to be Super Mario World. Um, Yoshi, just, he blew my mind. There was so much talk about him when he was coming over. And then when he finally came, like it happened, I it's just, I played that game so much. So favorite color Yoshi is? Red, I would think. <laughs> oh, blue! Blue can fly! Red is the one that spits fire, right? Yes. That's, I like that one. That's my yeah. favorite one. Okay. Alright. Pam? Uh, Mario? My favorite is Super Mario Brothers 3. I think that's... Uh, oh, winner. Solid. Yeah, winner. I think that's the best one. Although I also quite enjoyed the new... What was it called? New Super Mario Brothers U? New... S- not not the 3D one, yeah. but just the... I really like that one as well. But 3 for, you know, the nostalgia. And it still holds up pretty well. I was just playing it a couple weeks ago, so... Yeah, uh, I guess it's a good chance to plug our buddies uh, Rich and Sean, who had a question for, uh, the RFG Playcast. So they just did... Um, Mario and everything. See, I'll be nice and plug them because when they mentioned the participants for their show, they left Aww. me out. <laughs> Ooh. Oops. Rumble. Yeah, but I'll be nice and mention them. See, I'm teasing. Doesn't bother me. <laughs> um, favorite Zelda. Oh, Bill, I forgot to ask Whoa, you. Speaking I of forgot. forgetting participants, I'm sorry. <laughs> favorite Mario game. You know, I was totally going to say... I'm going to tell a quick story. I don't want to get too sidetracked. Quick story about Super Mario 3. Super Mario Brothers 3 was 75 US dollars when it came out when I was a kid at Toys R Us. It's the Ouch. only thing that I wanted for... Uh, uh, I, right on the time it came out, I had my first... Uh, we're, we're Catholic. I had my first communion. And you have this big party. Everyone gives you some money. And my parents were like, all right, you can buy one thing. And like all the rest of the money goes in savings, which was a, a smart thing to do. So I was like, okay, I want Mario 3. And, oh, man, we, I called Toys R Us, like, every day. They finally had it. <laughs> we raced down to the store. We played this thing forever. It's Pam's absolutely right. It still holds up well. <sighs> Do you know what game I really, really love, though? Uh-oh. I really love Super Don't Mario Galaxy. It. 
Oh, thank God. I thought you were going to say two. <laughs> no. I really love Galaxy. Uh, this It was a time when I was really getting into 360 achievements, and nothing could pull me away from a game that didn't have achievements. I thought they were so cool, and I kept I was going after them, and I was having fun at the same time. And then Super Mario Galaxy came out, and I'm like, all right, I guess I'll go play it for a bit. And it j- just... Oh, the charm of it, the uh, like the music, the visuals, like running around the the gravity system, going between all these planetoids. I tell you, like I I don't ugh, I love Super Mario Galaxy probably more than is reasonable. <laughs> but if we're talking original Nintendo, it's no doubt it's three. Um, if you open it up to all Super Mario games, like it asks, I gotta say Galaxy. All right. Um, I, you know, I'm not going to belabor, belabor the point. I, I agree three is probably the right answer. Three is just fantastic. All right. Favorite Zelda game is last. Pam, what do you think? Favorite uh, Zelda game? Mine is Ocarina of Time. It's actually the first Zelda game that I ever played. And I spent... Yeah, yeah. Really? I, uh, mm. Well, no, that's a lie. Again, I played a Zelda game... I think it was Adventure of Link at a friend's house when I was young. Uh, but yeah, Ocarina of Time is the one, the first one that I actually owned and played through. So that one holds the biggest place in my heart. Now, a lot of people are really like Goo Goo Gaga over Ocarina of Time and, and gush over it. Have you gone back and played or is it just uh, memories? The last time I replayed it was probably eight years ago. And I still enjoyed it then. Okay. So... Okay. All right. Even Water Temple and all, huh? Uh, Water Temple and all. I figured out exactly what the difficulty in Water Temple is. It's a hidden uh, button or hookshot target under a platform. Uh, So once you know that, then the Water Temple isn't so bad. (laughs) Yeah, they actually... I don't know if you've... So you haven't played the 3DS uh, remake? No. Yeah, they added like some arrows in, in the <laughs> temple. Yeah, so people who have only ever played the uh, like the 3D version, they're like, I don't know why everyone thinks this water temple so hard. I just follow the arrows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the big sign that says "Over here, dummy." <laughs> uh, Will, what do you think? Favorite Zelda game? So my Zelda game or Zelda history is similar to that of Pam's Mega Man history. Um, I not a big Zelda guy. Um, the only time I ever owned a Zelda game was the four-pack that came with the GameCube, if you remember. Oh, cool, cool, yeah. I sold All that right. at Toys Yeah, it came with, uh, like, Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask, and I think came with 1 and 2, the NES version. Correct. Yeah. Yep, that's correct. Uh, only one I ever played on that was Majora's Mask, and, I mean, I liked it okay, I guess, but when it, like, later on, it kind of got some value to it, and I sold it when people were like, I need to have this pack in, so... Yeah, I'm not really a crazy Zelda guy. I know I lose a lot of uh, internet cred for that, but <laughs> sue me. You're a Sega guy. Yeah, it's okay. We get it. We get it. Uh, Bill, this is where you get to gush about Zelda. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll try to keep it short. Um, the Zelda one on the Nintendo was the first one. Uh, you know that we that we had. We were we've been crazy Zelda fans forever. Um, and like most people in the world, I probably would have said Ocarina. Um, you know within like five, six, seven, eight, ten years from Ocarina coming out. Um, I have played it a few times in the last couple of years, uh, uh, once on the N64, sorry, the Virtual Console, and once on the uh, 3DS, and it's still a great game. Uh, uh, but I, I, I really, really, really think that Wind Waker deserves to be in the conversation, um, and I didn't think that when I first played it. It took a long time for me to get into it, and I gotta tell you, 
I love, 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 love Skyward Sword. And I know that they're, they're newer ones and people like to look back to the classics and everyone's going to say, what about Link to the Past? Cause Link to the Past is amazing. It's a really, really hard question. Um, I, you know, I really love Skyward Sword and Wind Waker. So if you had, if you forced me, I'd probably say one of those. All right. Um, I'm easy. You know, uh, it's Link to the Past. Yeah. Link to the Past on Super Nintendo is just fantastic. And, uh, it's really hard to find anything wrong with that game, and I remember playing it uh, not too long after it came out. I didn't have a Super Nintendo yet. I was a Sega guy, mm-hmm. you know, Well, And yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I borrowed a Super Nintendo from my friend, and I had borrowed Final Fantasy II and uh, Zelda, and I played those. Um, he was nice enough to let me borrow that before I eventually got a Super Nintendo. So, um, but just... Fantastic game. Just that light, dark world kind of thing is just a lot of fun. And you do discoveries. You're always trying it out everywhere to see what you can find. So, yeah, I really enjoyed that one. So, thank you, Raul, for those questions. Yeah, that was, it was good. awesome. This next one I really don't know how to handle. But, <laughs> but you put it in here anyway. <laughs> sometimes. I mean, it's nice that some people send those questions. Obviously, probably a gag question. But, hey. It's Eric Bailey, otherwise known as the Nintendo Legend on Twitter. And he asks, if a, <laughs> if a deadly alien demanded that you eat an NES cartridge, he would kill you. How would you go about it? <sighs> Bailey, what are you doing? Um, <laughs> exactly, right? Salt. That's what I would say. A little bit of salt, one bite at a time. Anybody else? Um, <laughs> I, I Demanded that you eat an NES cartridge. Can I drink what? it? I could you could all right yeah I can would, I put it I would yeah, melt put it in the it. juicer I'd melt it and I would add some protein and I would have it after the gym <laughs> <laughs> yeah no uh, comments okay. I, I would probably I grind would, it up like maybe put it in a blender and mix it with something but what what cart would I eat that I think is a more interesting question Mm, a really bad yeah. panic restaurant. No, no, no. No, you, you would eat a really good one so you could absorb its energy. Mm. Oh, like a Mega Man 2 or something? There you go. Yeah, okay. How about like just like a Mario Duck Hunt? There's so many of those things, nobody would ever notice the difference. Then it would get rare. Uh, maybe, one of these days. All right, let's move on. Last set of questions. I've got two of these. One of these I, I kind of had to throw out. Sorry, Tom. <laughs> but... Sega Tomcast, two questions. First, you are now the president, CEO, democratically elected, great and glorious leader of Sega. What's your immediate to-do list? What's the big first thing you're going to do? Pam, you own Sega now. They're going to bow to your will. What are you going to make them do? Uh, make more games, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know some people want a new console. I don't particularly think we need any more consoles. So, uh, yeah, just put Foolish. together some good first-party games, and I'd be happy. All right. Well, you've got to have some Dreamcast of these Dreamcast 2, Sonic Boom, <laughs> launch title. That's all Sonic I want. Boom. <laughs> Tom. Oh, I'm sorry, Tom. Sonic Boom. <laughs> Oh, man. If I was in charge, uh, I would say, even if you have to abduct him, go get Yuzo Koshiro and make me Streets of Rage 4 in 2D with sprites. Have you seen that Beats of Rage that they were doing, that sort of PC type of thing? Yes. Looks fantastic. 
Yeah, and have you ever seen, um, what is it? There's, uh, I can't remember the name of it now. But there's basically like a Streets of Rage remix game for PC that they did, where it's like all the different like stuff from all three games in one. Is it like still the same graphics? Yeah, they took all the sprite work and stuff. I'd have to look it up again. It's been a few years since I looked at yeah. it. But you guys can go find it. Yeah. A little Googling. I've never heard of that. That's pretty cool. Definitely check that out. Especially after our mm. discussion today, how like we got the crappy Streets of Rage 3 and the bare knuckle was the better Japanese version. That's right. I mean, a little S&M leather and cross-dressing and different. It's fine. <laughs> Nothing wrong with it. It's good. It's good. Bill, your Sega master, what are you going to do? CDX is going back into production. <laughs> the, Nep- the Neptune comes out this holiday. Neptune, yes. And uh, more thirty-two oh, X games, um, right? With uh, you have to release. Uh, uh, oh yeah, and thirty-two uh, uh, X version three, Virtual <laughs> Hamster, the game that you've been waiting for. I was just going to mention is, that is finally coming to a uh, spinning wheel <laughs> near you. That game looked amazing. Yeah. Virtual Hamster and uh, what is it? X Men, whatever it was called. The uh, there was an uh, X Men game and there was a Castlevania one that got canceled as well. Yeah, uh, X Men made it to early prototype stage. There's playable prototype uh, uh, code of it out there somewhere, and there was uh, a cool spot got reproed. It was pretty much finished. Cosmic Carnage Two. Uh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> the <All> reckoning. Right. <laughs> now, this last one, I think, is a question that I really do kind of want to get into because uh, we, you know, talk a lot about older games, but this is a very prescient question. So, um, Tom, I, I guess I should say he's going by his other internet handle here. So we've always mentioned at Sega Tomcast, but he's going by at the Pocky X now. I think that's his public account, so you can follow him there. Uh, he says. Looks like the HTC Vive or Vive, or how do you say that? I don't Anybody? know. I was wondering that the other day. I've, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but I, I'm going to say Vive. So let's say, looks like the HTC Vive will require a room dedicated to move around in virtual space because it has like these lighthouses and, and whatnot. Um, is it worth the trouble? I guess I want to kind of spin this into VR just in general. So Oculus Vive. So hey, Real quick, I just Googled it. Uh, uh, HTC clarifies it rhymes with five. Okay, Vive. All right, yeah. and not Vive. Because right. you remember, like, v- anyway, anyway, anyway. <laughs> uh, anyway. So, um, Pam, I'm gonna pitch this to you. So, virtual reality, just in general, like this is right. It's coming like ridiculously soon. What are your thoughts? Any interest? I mean, is this realistic? Is this gonna flop? Uh, I don't think it will necessarily flop. I think it'll have its sort of niche audience. Uh, but I don't, it's not something that I particularly have an interest in. I'd like to demo it at some time to see what it's like. But just, uh, in terms of how it works, it seems a little bit difficult. It's a tough sell for me. I mean, when I'm playing a game, I'm also, you know, my dog's bugging me, Will's bugging me, I'm on my phone, I'm on Twitter. Uh, so I can't, like, the thought of having something strapped across my eyes so that I can't interact or see anything else in the room seems like it's it's not something that would work for me for more than, you know, a few minutes at a time. And there also seems to be a bit of a space requirement. And I live in downtown Toronto, so space is not not something I have a whole lot of. But uh, yeah, I'd like to test it out to see what it's like. But for me personally, it's it's not something that I'm terribly interested in for my normal gaming needs will what about you 
I am in a similar mindset as Krabby, as in I will buy anything. Um, I, li- <laughs> <laughs> I like to buy anything, He's anything I can get my hands on. <laughs> hey, wait a minute now, Pam, you get to review all the stuff he buys. And the stuff see? I buy. See? <laughs> oh, okay, well that's good too. But yeah, I, I am definitely interested in anything sort of gaming related that's coming out. The big thing I think is going to be a problem is the price point. Um, th- you, you really have a small market for something with a price point of five, six, seven hundred dollars. Not everyone has that kind of money. And like I even remember, like when the Saturn launched, for example, like the big thing of the price point at that time was three, three hundred dollars. That's why the Sony guy came out and just said two ninety nine and walked away, because everyone knew that anything more than that, there's a very small market. I don't think it's going to do very well off the bat, at least, until they find a way to make a cheaper, more um, viable alternative. But you said you'll buy anything, so does that mean oh, you're in the market? Me I mean, I I got a launch day Xbox One, PS4, Wii U, I got everything as soon as it came out. And I'll probably be interested in something of this nature, but I don't know which one exactly. Um, I saw the other one, the Oculus, just launched as well, but I mean, with the Canadian dollar, that's almost a grand right now. So, Pam, are you a little worried that one of these days you're going to come in and Will's just going to be, like, waltzing into things with this big thing strapped to his head? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Although I also feel like he'll buy it and lose interest in it quite quickly. So it's not something I'll have to worry about for a long time. So do you think you'll he'll, he'll force him to flip it at that point in time or no? I, I rarely have to force him to flip things. He just, he likes to wheel and deal. <laughs> Okay, hey, you know, that nothing wrong with that. I totally get it. That's how you got to make the hobby mm-hmm. work, right? Yep. She's come home and had an arcade machine in the living room, so all bets <laughs> are off in this house. <laughs> what game? I had a Neo Geo MVS, and I got a Striker oh. for 1945. Where's it at now? It was in storage for about six months after she went to the room, her bedroom pouting, but uh, <laughs> I, I gave it away. It, it just wasn't going to fit into the apartment. Uh, I've still managing to hold on to my pinball machine. Um, I've not, my, I've not been forced to get rid of that yet. So there's hope. There's hope. You just have to put it in places your uh, significant other will never go. Um, (laughs) so Bill, (laughs) virtual reality. But we'll just leave it alone. (laughs) Uh, okay. Uh, (laughs) It's a family show, Bill. Yeah. No, I was thinking the, the fan, it's, uh, uh, what's the guy's name? Henny Youngman. Yeah, old one-liner, uh, king of the one-liners. Uh, yeah, yeah. He's he's like, what's the joke? He said, uh, "My wife said, I, my, I said, where do you want to go for your anniversary?" She said, "I want to go someplace I've never been before." He said, "How about the kitchen?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's probably not right these days. To laugh right, at that's that, like a you know, 50s it's a or joke, 60s right? joke. Yeah, I get it. Not not too. I would get my butt whipped pretty quickly if I tried yeah, that. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's like a check over your shoulder before you say it, Joe. <laughs> yeah, so I expect now that uh, Pam will unfollow us on Twitter. Right <laughs> no, that, one, no, that um, one wasn't too bad at all. <laughs> no. uh, especially not considering some of the comments I've seen that you get on your YouTube mm-hmm. page. Yep. Oh, uh, man. The, is there anything worse than the monsters commenting on YouTube videos? No, I don't know. People just uh, have way too much time on their hands. There's the people who like to go through every single one of my videos and downvote it. There's the people who comment like 12 times on one video to tell me I'm wrong. There's, uh, yeah, people who need need more hobbies. They need more games to play rather than just mm-hmm. commenting on YouTube. Yeah, I've seen a few of those that you've posted and like YouTube does nothing about it and I'm like, really? Yeah. <laughs> Because uh, the, the, I mean, there's I, I I don't like to use the word literally. There are literally millions of these kids, so it's like there's nothing. You know, how are they gonna? 
I, I don't know. It's but they'll put fake content strikes on your on your stuff and no oh, totally. problem. No oh, problem. Oh, totally. Yeah. <laughs> we won't police anything except if you owe somebody money, right? Or we think you do. There anyway, be, yeah. <laughs> Bill, uh, virtual reality? Any interest? Uh, not really. Um, I feel like as as Pam was saying her answer, I was kind of thinking like, you know, this is like the answer that every single person that I know has given me. Like, oh, it's like it seems pretty cool. Like maybe I would try it, but like uh, it's really expensive, and I like playing games the way I like playing games now. And I'm I'm kind of in the same boat. I got to play the Oculus at PAX last year. Um, it was not the final version, so the resolution wasn't quite as high. It was interesting. Um, uh, what was it? It was called uh, what's that space shooter? Um, uh, and it's coming to Xbox One. It's called. It's called something, um, but like it's a 3D space uh, uh, shooter sim. And Elite it was really dangerous. Cool like you would like look over your, yes, Elite Dangerous, and like you would look over your shoulder and like you know like you'd see the ship flying above you, so it was kind of had that really cool aspect to it, and you could see your hands on the controls like in the cockpit, um, which is really cool. Um, it was interesting, but you know, six seven hundred dollars, like you know, with with you know house two kids, and you know who knows what the future holds. Like it's just not in the cards for me, and. This isn't the reason, but I just start to think about like all the games I have that I haven't played, and like now I'm gonna like pull in like another method to play games that I'm not probably not gonna play. You know, most of the games that I get. So, yeah, I don't know if there's really any price point or game that'll like get me to invest. It's more one of those things like you know, if like 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 when you're like that's 3DO money. No one had a money for 3DO when it came out. I had you, that one friend. Yeah. You go to the one friend's house. Hey, Will. You go to that one friend's house who has all the stuff, and then you play with the stuff there, and then you're like, well, all right, Will, I got to head out now. Something like it. Or I go over to Bill's house. I say, hey, Bill, let's hop on the Play Choice totally. and look at, look at your giant wall of games. Totally. You don't need so- to buy them. Just come enjoy them. <laughs> That's right. There we go. Uh, personally, I mean, I've I've got a wife and I've got three kids. There just wouldn't it wouldn't even be possible. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, even if I wanted to like stay up in the middle of the night when they're in bed, I mean, still if one of them gets up or, like needs something or I mean, it would be ridiculous. There would just be no way right. I could ever enjoy it. At least probably even relax enough because I'd be always be worried like, oh, what if my you know. That, two that, two year old comes out and I step on him or something. You that's, know what another, that's another really good point. Is some people have said you know some people game like when their family's asleep and they game with headphones on, and like Pam and Will, do you guys ever game while the other one is sleeping? Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, I play. Pam can sleep. Happens. Yeah, Pam can sleep pretty solidly. I I need the lights off and stuff like that, but it's not a problem. So like, my wife can sleep pretty well, so that's fine. The kids, I don't want to risk it. Um, especially with the younger one, because then that'll be like a whole nightly production. So like, I just don't play games when they're sleeping. But if I had like, someone said, oh, you should try headphones. And then I put headphones on, like I have headphones on right now, but my wife's upstairs, she's awake, like with the kids. So I feel like when you get immersed into the experience, it's really cool because like all you're seeing is the experience. But like, then like someone taps you on the shoulder or like a cat, like you know, like walks by and like mm-hmm. grazes your leg, and you lose your mind <laughs> because <laughs> you're so into the game that like it, it pulls you out of it. Like, so I kind of feel like it's a double-edged sword where like the immersion is the whole point of putting that thing on your head, but it becomes such a like a production just to you know get that immersed in something that, yeah, I I I really don't know. I I don't think it's uh 
I think you put it the right way. It's 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 a niche, and there's going to be people who, you know, put the money into it and grab one and have people over and have fun with it, and there's going to be people who don't have a grand to spend on it. Yeah, I think this is like would be an ultimate toy for a single person in their own place. Um, I don't know who else the market is, but I mean that's a market definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, I expect Tom's review. So Tom, you asked the question, uh, you buy every weird gadget. So buy one of these headsets and tell me how it is. <laughs> he's, he's been going on about his smartwatch. Here lately, and Nvidia so. shield. Oh, that's right. He did just get a shield, didn't he? <laughs> what a sucker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who buys that? Tom did. Uh, I love you, Tom. Don't worry. I love Tom too. And I love steam, but I have never for a minute of my life been remotely interested in trying a shield. Well, let me, I'm going to mention this because Tom, you, I'm sorry, not Tom, Bill, uh, you lament about being the only Steam person. So, you know, Pam and Will play some PC games. So if you ever want to talk that stuff, you got people to talk to, you want to do a show on that stuff, you got people you can talk to. Steamies. Where my Steamies at? (laughs) I play a ton on Steam, although mostly indie stuff. I like to play my triple a on console which is why i'm upset that xcom is only on pc and no controller and no controller support except for the steam controller there you Uh go yeah so it's uh that was a surprise i mean i uh i that's probably a whole other topic but i was i was really surprised when they said that that i've read that today yeah bill are you you're you're because you're big on xcom right Huge. Love XCOM, love Enemy Unknown, love Enemy Within. Um, uh, actually, the, uh, uh, what do you call it, the Humble Bundle, the recent Humble Bundle had all the uh, XCOM uh, content, uh, the new stuff and the old oh, stuff nice. for, I think, if, if you beat the average. So uh, um, I had most of it, but I was missing like a couple like, you know, little DLC expansions. So I went ahead and gave them like the nine bucks or whatever the average price was to unlock uh, everything um, on Steam. But but yeah, totally. Uh, XCOM's huge. Uh, XCOM 2... I haven't started it yet. Um, I've got a ton. Uh, some, somehow, people over the last few years, for like like relatives for my birthday and Christmas, they all kind of got the Steam memo. Um, so I've got a couple hundred dollars in my Steam wallet, uh, just waiting for uh, uh, for XCOM. Um, I don't want to buy it until I actually have time to play it. Uh, so that's like the way that I hold myself back. But yeah, uh, XCOM Two. I was sad to see it get delayed, so I'm, I'm happy that it's so close now. Yeah, I took the day off work today, so I played like 12 hours of it. <laughs> oh, I remember. I remember the day. I was. That's a good. I was, that's a good question. Is when's the last time you took like time off from work to play something? And yours was yep. today. <laughs> Oh. The last time I remember taking time off from work to play, uh, and this is probably sad, uh, I took a week off, nine nine ninety nine. Oh yeah, Dreamcast. And I stopped by my job like three days in, and people were like, "Oh, I didn't know you were in town." I was like, "Yeah, no, I just took a week off for the Dreamcast." And my boss looked at me, was <laughs> <laughs> like, "Are you kidding me?" And I was like, "No, not at all." Well, like, no, I gotta get back to Soul Calibur. Do you um, know how much bass fishing I've been doing lately? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it's. Uh, I envy you very much. Twelve hours of XCOM two. Um, I really, really can't wait to get started. And uh, the sad part is, I don't think I'm going to be able to sink a ton of time into it for a couple of months. Um, we're going to uh, Florida in May, and my wife and kids are staying down there with the in laws for like uh, like five extra days. So that's going to be like, I have like a, a list of all the amazing things I'm going to do with five days to myself. And XCOM 2 is one of them. Excellent. You 
You poor, poor people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't really play PC much. Just World of Warcraft when I used to play and just Counter-Strike. Now, Rich used to be a World of Warcraft player, and I've never touched that thing in my life. Uh, but a lot of people have that affliction, or at least that former affliction, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's big, yeah. It's a time sink. Just yeah. You can't really focus on anything else when you're playing that. It's. I'm so glad to not be playing anymore. Yeah. It's like crack or something, right? Yeah. It just like destroys your family and everything else. <laughs> well, I was talking to a buddy today, and he's uh, and he was talking about gaming, and um, and I was like, oh, well, like, what do you game on? And he's like, on oh, my PC mainly. I was like, so what, Steam or whatever? He's like, no, MMOs. Oh, and I was like, oh, cool, like what, like World of Warcraft? And he was like, no, 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 not World of Warcraft. So I was like, okay, well, I mean, that's what people I think associate MMOs with. But I said, so what, like Eve Online? What do you play? He was like, no, Star Wars. People, like, still, oh, play yeah. people still play that? Yeah, I was like, I almost forgot about it because I didn't think people played it anymore. He's like, oh no, I mean, like it, it went, it was real big. Then it kind of dipped off, and then it went free to play, and it got like not big, but like people went back to it a little bit, and now it's just kind of like it is what it is. But like, uh, but he said, yeah, like he's got, uh, he's got a clan that he plays with still. That's cool. I didn't realize people still yeah. played that. Yeah, that's cool. I thought I was like, that's still on. Yeah. Okay. Still a thing. Free to play. Isn't that EA owned? I believe published, yes. It's Bioware did that, right? I would have thought they'd flip mm-hmm. off the servers by now. You know EA with their server flips. Oh, but, yeah, that's right. That that sports game is one year old. We have to shut it off yeah. and make you buy the new one now, right? Yeah. Yep. Or, oh, it's on the Dreamcast? You don't even get it. <laughs> <laughs> Can't support those jerks. You, you get the 2K version. Uh, Well, I want to thank everybody very much for all of the questions that you sent. And as always, uh, feel free to shoot those over to us uh, on social media, so Twitter and Facebook. And I'll be reaching out to you kind folks that submitted those. Maybe I've got some Steam codes that can help you out. So thank you very much. Okay, so this time around, we wanted to spend a little time and talk about a beloved, if often neglected, system, the Sega CD. And, and I think this was the suggestion. Will, didn't you suggest this? I did, yeah. I was trying to find a neutral topic for Pam and I to come discuss. So I have to ask, So I'm, I mean, obviously, Will, I know you're uh, you know, big into Sega and the Sega CD. So why did you go? I think Pam will be okay talking about this topic. Or Pam, were you happy that he volunteered you to talk about Sega CD? I actually didn't know that he was the one who volunteered this. <laughs> so now we've gotten him of in trouble. The Sega consoles. Uh, this is the one that I find the most novel and interesting. All right, so you can beat him up later when you go. Why did you do that? Sorry, Will. I had to tell him. That's all right. Uh, but let's talk briefly. We'll do a little introduction, and then I want to talk about some memories. Um, but Sega CD came out in the U.S. at 92, released in Japan in 91, um, at a retail price of $299 in, in 1992. That was a lot of money. Um, it wasn't uh, 3DO money, <laughs> but <laughs> it was a lot of money. With the slogan, what their marketing term, what, welcome to the next level. Or what was it? Welco Tihanakasawa. Yeah, right? that's right. It was like the square. 
Yeah, welcome home. To, I don't know. I can't do it anyway. But um, that was kind of their thing, and it was this big marketing campaign around like, "What are you doing playing your crappy Nintendo? You should play Sega CD. It's cool." Um, but it uh, it launched with a bundle, so it was originally a tray drive machine, the Model One. It came with some pretty good pack-ins for the price. So you got a CD and G graphics disc, which was supposed to be a big thing. Uh, was Colors of Modern Rock had some music and like graphics that went along as you play them. Uh, it came with Soul Feast, uh, Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective, and the Sega Classics Four in One disc. Um, I just want to kind of quickly mention um, some memories I had. Uh, I won't spend too much time, but I happened to go to. Um, Summer CES in 92, which was in Chicago. Normally, CES is closed to the public, but for whatever reason that year, they decided that they would have a public day and let people in. So I'm not too far, probably about five hours. And so I was like, I have to go. Uh, and you'll probably say, well, then, Chris, man, you must be really old to have driven there in 92. But yes, I am. Um <laughs> But anyway, so I uh, went to the public day and you got to see like all these vendor booths that, you know, normally the buyers would see. So you had a huge Nintendo booth, you know, big Sega booth. Um, at the time, there was still a big NEC TurboGrafx booth. But one of the things I really latched onto there was that they had Sega CD. Um, at the time, that was still the import. It was the Mega CD, but they were showing off some games that they were going to be launching with. And one of them that stood out to me that I remember playing was Black Hole Assault, which was terrible. <laughs> but um, I do remember playing that one there and being kind of enamored by it because, like, ooh, CD, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and like, wow, this is so cool and it's going to be the future. Um, but, I mean, I saw a lot of stuff at that show and it was pretty cool. And obviously, you know, uh, NEC did it first with the Turbo and the PC Engine. But um, I think Sega, at least in the U.S. market, was the first really big plunge into CD gaming. So... Um, I saved my pennies up because I was, of course, wowed, and I had a job because I'm that old. And I bought a Sega CD at launch, and um, I did enjoy it a whole lot. But um, I'm sure we'll talk about some of that in some of the games as we go through. But that's a little bit of my history with it. I'm going to guess you guys may have come into it a little bit differently than I did. So, um, Will, since you're a Sega guy, how did uh, Sega CD hit you? So, I mean, we were speaking earlier about that that rich kid we all knew in, in school who had everything. <laughs> so mm -hmm. there was the uh, the rich kid, and I was probably 92, 93, 10 years old at the time. And uh, we went over to his place, and, you know, being Canadian boys, he's like, you know, let's go outside and play some hockey. Let's go do that. I'm like, no, man, I want to go inside and play the video games. Because every, <laughs> everyone on the playground was talking about how Brendan had the Sega CD. But he wanted to play some road hockey first, so we played some road hockey, and we finally went inside and checked it out. And he had the Model 2, and it came with the, the Sewer Shark pack-in. And when I first saw it, my mind was blown. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's a real person. Like, I was just blown away. <laughs> but uh, when we started playing it, I'm like, oh, cool, I guess. Like, this kind of sucks. And he didn't he didn't have anything else except uh -oh. Sewer Shark. So, um, <laughs> you go wait. You're going to hear about Sewer Shark later. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> so my first memory wasn't, uh, wasn't too fond, but uh, it, it was just mind-blowing at the time to go from, like, our 8-bit Nintendos or our, our Genesis to see, like, a real man on the TV talking to me. So, yeah. Pam, Sega CD. 
Uh, well, as far as memories go, all my Sega CD memories are quite recent. I had never touched a Sega CD before Will bought one uh, a couple years ago. So, Uh-oh. But I have a weakness for corny FMV games, so it's a, it's a <laughs> console that's sort of right <laughs> up my alley, and though I wouldn't say that all the games are good, I still find a lot of them just super interesting and these like great little historical relics of developers going "Ooh, look what we can do and then doing it in in, like the worst way possible (laughs) i yeah well i've noticed you've done a lot of reviews over sega cd games on your channel i i i like the system a lot (laughs) uh you just and you're enamored with kind of the early multimedia library kind of thing is that it basically so when are we going to see the review on Compton's Interactive Encyclopedia? I had that. <laughs> I had that. I had Compton's, and I also had an Encarta one, which had this little trivia game inside of it. I was I was actually thinking uh. of that, of, like, educational games. But uh, <laughs> maybe one day. Maybe you'll get some interesting comments <laughs> on that one. Um, Bill, Sega CD, when did it hit you? Uh... I believe I was in a Caldor. Caldor. We get to hear about Caldor again. I don't know if you guys uh, have those uh, anywhere else in the country. It might have just been a Northeast thing. It was like a department store that is long defunct. It became Kohl's uh, years later. Um, I remember being in like the electronics section uh, with my mom and just, uh, man, like the, 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 the change of going from cartridge to disc, it was so exciting. It was like how how are they gonna how are they gonna get the game on the disc? Like it's, it's a disc, it's a CD. How do they get stuff on it? And like you can't record to it. So there's a memory card, but like it it was it was such a cool thing. And I remember reading uh, uh, like in magazines like about like oh CD it's gonna the digital quality sound and digital everything's gonna be digital everything's gonna be digital. And I was like, isn't everything already digital? Okay, never mind, never mind. It's okay. Let's let's just figure it out. But um, I wanted one so bad that my parents wouldn't buy it for us. Um, the rich kid on our street, his name was Bobby. Um, his parents bought it for him. So we went to Bobby's house. And oddly enough, even though we live in America where not everyone plays, uh, and we call it street hockey here. They call it road hockey uh, up north. Um, Bobby was a hockey player, and we and he was in our little street hockey group. So I always wanted to go over there and play the Zega CD, and he always wanted to go outside and play street hockey. So it's it's an oddly similar uh, uh, story yeah, to Will's. Yeah, strange. Um, but he's uh, right down the uh, street. His name is Bobby, and... Uh, uh, and and before the Sega CD, I mean, he had everything else too. Like that was the house we played the Jaguar at, uh, and like you know, Ooh. Alien versus Predator over there. He had like the Genesis before, you know, like everyone had a Genesis, but he had all of the games. So like you know, a new game came out, you knew, okay, let's go to Bobby's house. He definitely has that new game. Um, but yeah, so uh, uh, the thing is, he had a Sega CD. He didn't have a ton of games for it. Um, we played a lot of NHL '94. Uh, at his house, which is the same as the Genesis game with longer loading times and like uh, uh, like different sounds, um, but I was really, really, really into Sewer Shark. Like probably like uh, what's the word? Um, uh, you know, not justifiably so. Like it's <laughs> it's not one of the classics of our time, um, but something about it. Like I, I really liked it, and uh, like Pam was saying about like cheesy FMV games. There are like three or four cheesy FMV games that I cannot get enough of. One of them, Sewer Shark. Uh, have you guys played Fahrenheit yet? No, I haven't played that like one the yet. The firefighter one, right? Yeah, the firefighter yeah, one. one. Oh man, 
uh, the this, as far as like cheesy FMV uh, games go, like you can't do better than Fahrenheit. So Fahrenheit uh, really got me. I was was really intrigued about Ground Zero Texas. Um, it's a really cheap one. You can find it, uh, you know, like less than ten bucks. It's not really a great game, but what's, what 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 really freaked me out about it as a kid is if you died in Ground Zero Texas, nuclear explosion in the world is done. So like game over was it felt more permanent. It was like real like and as a kid I was like, oh, I killed people. <laughs> <laughs> like all of Texas is dead now. And it, like it just freaked me out. Yeah. And like I, I guess like as an older, you know, person, like you don't really think that way anymore. But I remember seeing like like I shot the wrong person and it was like, What are you doing? And then a nuclear <laughs> explosion happened. And that's just the their quirky, funny game over screen. And I dropped the controller and like my hands were shaking and I was like, Did I do that? Is that the television? <laughs> But uh, but yeah, I I was really really intrigued with the Sega CD, but I had to play it at like you know friends' houses and stuff. But uh, so for me, I didn't really get into a lot more of the game, other uh, games besides those first uh, like handful until years later when I had one, like when I got a job. Cool. Um, so you build it was like Sega CD Model Two, right? Absolutely, yeah. I, I didn't have a Model One until a couple of years ago when I when I uh, got bought one from Chris when I started collecting. Uh, the Model Two was all I ever knew because um, the Model Two Genesis is uh, what we had. Uh, uh, so when I finally got one, I just thought they looked better together. So and the the Sega CD Model Two music was the only music I ever knew. It wasn't until years later that I I found out that the Model One had different uh, like post music. Uh huh. And to me. There's no contest. The two music destroys oh, the one music. No, come and, on, man. And I can't believe how many people think wrongly on that. Oh, dun 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 dun. You know, it's the oh, it's no. the model one, right? No, yeah, it's the now, model now, one now, is now, like now, now. model one's <laughs> like yeah, it's good. Meow, dun, 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 yeah. Dun, dun. Oh no way. Uh, Second one is like. Boom, down, 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 down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it just gets me going, too. It's hype for oh, some man. Sega CD. <laughs> you, you know what it kind of sounds like to me, even though the song doesn't sound the same? It kind of reminds me of, like, the X-Men cartoon theme song. If you say so. Uh, it's There's something about it gets me going. And the room goes quiet. Nobody else knows the <laughs> X-Men cartoon theme song. I know, I know the song. song. I know it quite well, but I'm like, not picking up the similarities there. I got you. You haven't had enough drinks yet. Don't worry. Just keep it yeah. going. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, Pam, Will, what do you, what Sega CD you guys rocking there? You have both? Or? We have an XI. Oh, the J- Fancy Pants. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which has different boot up, right? It does, yeah. We, I had an XI for a few fleeting moments before I sold. We had a CDX as well, but I got rid of it. I didn't see the need for two that did the same thing. Yeah, because la di da, I got my exile. <laughs> no, I'm, just, I'm kidding. Um, yeah, we're definitely going to talk about different models and some of the things about that in a minute. But that's kind of interesting that, that you guys have that. Do you have the JVC controller to go with I it? I do. Oh, look at that. That's a real collector. Yeah, nobody touches it, though. Actually, today it was funny. I was I picked up a stack of games to play, just a little refresher before we came on tonight. And I picked up my Genesis controller, and I went to push the A button. And it was gone. There was no A button in the controller. I have never in the history. What? It just fell out. Like nothing banged it. Nothing touched it. Oh, that's what you think. Maybe somebody didn't tell you when they broke the controller. Yeah, maybe Pam did. I don't know. But there was just no A button in the controller. My mind was blown. So I had to go get a backup. But I've never seen that before. So come clean, Pam. You're playing, uh, you know, some snatcher, and you had to hit like A to forward like 500 times, and it broke off. 
Yeah. Well, Will set up his CRT TV right beside my computer in my little area, <laughs> yeah. and he took away my shelves and things. Uh-oh. So, you know, I got, I got mad. Uh-oh. The controller might have <laughs> broke. Uh, I don't know. Payback is no fun, my friend. Uh, all right. So um, I want to talk about some of, these, some of these kind of things that started out a little bit. And like I said, the first pack-end, they had these CD and G discs. Uh, it was the first one. It came with one, and that was kind of supposed to be a big thing where it's so cool. You're going to be able to listen to music and watch, like, graphics at the same time. Right. I forgot about CD. Is it CD and G or CD plus G? Is how you CD say it. plus G, I think, is yeah. the technical thing about that. But I think they just quickly totally abandoned it. I think they all supported that, but like it never got mentioned again. Right. Um, have you guys ever played around with – or do you guys have any of those discs? Is that like the crisscross make my band and stuff like that or Marky Mark? No. No? Is that something different? It's- they're like totally non-interactive. Yeah. You just literally yeah. play music and watch like some crappy graphics on your screen. No, nothing like yeah, that. Yeah, like those, like those, like those are like uh, uh, make my own video. Like those are like legit Sega CD games. This was like you bought like you know a Pearl Jam CD or something, and oh, it's the CD plus G version. You put it in a Sega CD, and besides listening to the music, there's like probably the equivalent of like a 1989 screensaver on your machine <laughs> at the same time. But will you probably, if you have a Sega CD collection, you don't have this Colors of Modern Rock I don't. in your collection? No, I don't, actually. I don't. The only packing I have is, um, from the list you originally listed, I only have Soul Feast, and I have... Oh, I have the Sega Classic, but you said it was a 4-in-1. Did they re-release a 5-in-1 with the CDX later? Yes. Oh, that's the one that I yes, have. Yes, they did. Oh, you gotta get on that. So, Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective even had, like, a newspaper that went with it that had clues in the newspaper. Like a physical newspaper? Yes. Oh wow, that's cool. Yeah, so it was pretty. Was it, it was pretty was cool. Was that released in like a when like the original games came in like the cardboard boxes? Was that released as a standalone as well? I believe it was a standalone at yep. some point, but it was the pack in originally. Have to look out for that. That's pretty cool, especially with the newspaper. Yeah, it was pretty because yeah. it was like this uh, full motion video mystery. You had to solve these mystery cases. You're Sherlock Holmes, right? Um, and you watch like these little video clips and then you can go investigate the scenes and, and you, it'll reference certain things. And some of it's in the newspaper that you have to try to find information to help solve the case. That is amazing. That sounds like almost as fun as dipping your manual in water. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but yeah, guys, check it out. I think I still have all that stuff around for mine somewhere, but, um, and I would definitely say, track it, I'm sure it's probably dirt cheap, is this Colors of Modern Rock, because it was a pack-in disc that came with um, with it. And there was also a just a regular music sampler. I th- no, wait, I'm thinking of maybe Saturn. Anyway, but check it out. If you, at one point in time, if you're Sega C collecting, you'll have to get it, because it came as the pack-in. And just put it in and watch it for a minute. And it's got, like, a Jimi Hendrix tune and, uh, like... Um, I don't remember all of them, but you know, you'll watch it for a few minutes. You're like, "Oh, this is weird," and then you'll probably never watch it. Again. Does it have Weezer on it, like the old Windows ninety five CD? No, God, that oh. would be cool. But no, this is pre Weezer. Oh wow! No, Weezer was yeah, around no. in early nineties. No, well, I mean, they weren't big, uh, right? Because Buddy, yeah, Buddy Holly pre, was kind of their big blue album. Yeah. yeah, Buddy Holly was kind of their big breakout hit, right? Yeah, I remember well, that. that. Album, I remember yeah. that being on the Windows ninety five. Just now that you mentioned yeah, I that, I watch that all the time. I know. It was a good video. Uh, 
But yeah, then, so Soul Feast, let's talk about that one for a minute. So you've played that one. Have you played it recently? Yeah, not too long ago. Um, now, they what they did was interesting. Like a lot of games at the time, Soul Feast first came out on Sega CD, and then later on they released a cartridge version called Soul Deece that obviously just didn't have the CD music and, and whatnot, and the cut, some of the cutscenes. So, um, I mean, I remember playing that at the time, and I was just so blown away when I would pers- – put that in and play it and like there's like a fully voiced intro and everything in the front my jaw is just on the floor like oh my gosh the game is talking to me (laughs) yeah but voices uh, are pretty sparse back then especially coming from like a genesis or you know super nintendo so hearing like clear audio was just mind-blowing at the time yeah i I remember i remember being thrilled uh i think it was like nba jam on the genesis had a couple of very short fmv clips on it and I didn't think you could do that on a cartridge. I remember like reading like on like a Game Pro or like uh, EGM article or something. It was like, yeah, like it's really small, like really uh, uh, short videos with a really low frame rate. But yeah, I mean, you can you can throw FMV on a Genesis cart. Crazy. So, but then like Sega CD happened, and it was like uh, everything. It was, and and it, it was like. It was again like it was like because developers could do stuff. They like everyone started putting like FMV intros. Like like Mortal Kombat had the commercial for the game before the start screen. Uh, uh, Hook, which is one of my favorite uh, 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 underrated uh, Sega CD games, it had like the orchestrated soundtrack while you played. Mm-hmm. Which like I never realized what a big difference that made. But like now I'm not listening to like beep boop beeps and <laughs> listening to like the music from Hook and. Uh, it, it re- there was really a lot of uh, uh, you know kind of game changing things for me. So as a game though, like Soul Feast to me was uh, out of the original launch pack-ins, um, probably my favorite. Did you enjoy the game at all? Oh, or? of course, it's a great shoot 'em up, a great soundtrack with it. And it was kind of neat to have like had that two cannon thing that you could do, right? Yeah. It was kind of pre Einhander Einhander to some degree. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Right? Is that how you say that? It's kind of that same sort of idea where like the these different gun pods almost that you could get on your on your thing. You had a couple different weapons that you could pick up. And uh, what, sorry to cut you off. What you just said kind of reminded me of the doomiest doom to ever do. I, I don't want to go off topic, <laughs> but did you catch the doom trailer that was released yesterday? No, I did. amazing. Did they did they rip us off? No, no, but it's gory. <laughs> it is so gory. Um, uh, yeah, I I didn't see it till today. And again, not to get I'm with you, well, not to get off topic, but the uh, uh, story on Polygon today that was like Doom's box art is terrible. Uh, I read that story, and they were like, you know, it, like Doom is Doom. It's unapologetically like alien and violent and bloody and gory and you know and crazy and hellish. And then they put out this like generic like spaceman holding a gun box art. And then like the trailer comes out, and it's like. Oh my god, this trailer is amazing. Why is your box art so bad? But but yeah, the, the trailer. Uh, I don't think it's a game I'll play because I'm not into super gory, uh, fast games like that. But the trailer looked really really cool. Yeah. So you guys are down for Doom? Is that what you're trying to tell Absolutely. me? Absolutely, uh, I'll be getting it for sure. <laughs> well, it is the thing, so of course you'll be getting it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> me and Krabby will be waiting in Future Shop in line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember Krabby being really grossed out when they showed us at E3. Oh my goodness! Yeah, he was not he was not uh, taken. I think uh, Krabby lives in Nintendo Land, as yeah. in like a if real place. If there's no gore mode, he'd probably be into it. Maybe no, he wouldn't. No, it's no. a first person shooter. <laughs> he doesn't play first person shooters. 
Anyway, kind of coming back, um, and then I honestly really what I ended up playing most on Sega TV was that Sega Classics thing because you got like Golden Axe, you got Streets of Rage. Um, I don't even remember what the other game. Oh, Col- Columns. Columns, who, yeah. columns, columns. man. Yep. God almighty. Who played? Uh, Columns sucks. Um, and there was another one, too. I the Dolphin was released on the 5-in-1, right? Yeah, that was not on the 4-in-1. Right. trying to think of what the other game was. It's not important. Yeah, I didn't play yeah, any of the pack-ins. Oh, Revenge um, of Shinobi. Oh, that's a great game. That You're right. That was Revenge of Shinobi. I was, I'm, I'm more of a Shinobi 3 fan, but you're right. Revenge of Shinobi was on the pack-in. Yeah, that was a great that was a great game, and so I ended up playing more. Yeah, if you say so, probably of that of that disc there too. And I remember the big thing when they put the Sega CD out that they were trying to compete with Nintendo. And remember the Nintendo had like um, Mode Seven, they had sprite scaling and um, rotation, and that was a thing that Genesis couldn't do. And they added that feature with the. Uh, Sega CD, hence why, like with the Model 1, the Sega CD logo flips around and gets bigger yep. and smaller and spins all over the place. Yep. Uh, nauseatingly so. But <laughs> I think the only game I really remember them ever using that was Batman Returns, which they use that a lot uh, in the Sega That's CD. That's right. Version of that yeah, one. I forgot about that. For like the driving sequences and a lot yes, of other stuff. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. That, was, uh, that was a big thing. So, um, We've talked a little bit about the versions already, so we've definitely hit on version one and version two, and Billy, you've expounded on the music. But um, yeah, they did the redesign. I don't remember what year that was that they came out with the Model 2, but they made it kind of a sidecar top loader version of that. Um, other than that, I think besides like the Vios being a different number, there really wasn't any other difference, was there? Uh, I mean, not being, you know, intimately familiar with the, like, you know, the guts and, like, the internal, like, who's it's and what's it's. I don't think so. Um, I think they both even have the same uh, problem with the fuse uh, burning out uh, that uh, uh, that can be uh, repaired pretty easily just by adding, like, some wire and a fuse holder. But, yeah, I mean, I think they're overall pretty similar architecture. And that's when we started getting to these ridiculous... Sega combinations, right? <laughs> yeah, because, well, because remember, like, when the... The original came out, sorry, Sega CD-1, um, that was obviously designed to go with the Genesis 1. Yeah. But then later, the Genesis Model 2 came out. And while you can put a Genesis Model 2 on a Sega CD-1, it doesn't look right because the Genesis is not as wide as the Sega CD. So the Genesis 2 goes perfectly with the Sega CD-2. But what if you have a Genesis 1 and you (laughs) want to put it on a Sega CD-2? Then there's like a little spacer that just adds like two or three inches of just empty plastic space on your Sega CD to make it the same width as the Genesis one. And then what if you have a power base converter? <laughs> so it kind of beca- like my, my Sega CD one is under a Genesis one that a power base converter is in. And then uh, my preferred config, which I think looks uh, uh, better and it has the better theme music, right? Will, um is the, the, the battleship, the uh, Genesis two Sega CD two 32 X. Yeah. That's the one. It's a classic. Oh, so it looks so great. I like the traditional all model ones all the <laughs> way. So you know, stack that baby to the sky. <laughs> would, would you? Would you? Do you have a thirty-two X included in your I model do. one tradition? I do. So that means it's got the uh, the spacer's been removed. That's right, and I've even got my nice little happy uh, clippy clips. So yep. to hold yep. the clips, door yep, open. Yep. <laughs> which i think are i think they uh, what they call them grounding clips but i think they're for uh uh like hitting the um 
Uh, they're for like EMF, aren't they? No, I think they are actually to ground the the 32x2 the chassis. Oh, um, right, right, because right, it right. has yeah. like the metal plates on the outside of the cartridge slot that it makes That's contact right. with. That's right. The EMI is uh, inside the uh, the cartridge. God slot. Almighty, this is probably really boring to listen to. <laughs> but also, there's like a plate, right? There is a there's, plate. There's that like you, a metal plate. A, a metal a metal <laughs> grounding plate that you had to that, attach to the bottom of your Genesis to use it on the Model One Sega CD. I could not find this plate forever, and I was in Chris's store like a couple of years ago, and we're in his. He invites me back in the stock room to just this pile of garbage, and I saw it. And I was like, is that a Model 1 Genesis, a Sega CD plate? And he was like, I don't know. <laughs> he was like, do you want it? I was like, yes. And uh, I took it home. I, I, oddly enough, on the same day that I took home the Sega CD, or sorry, the Sewer Shark manual for the 3DO version. Oh, Lord. Lucky guy. <laughs> no, not so, not so much. Oh, man. You find me a complete copy of Sewer Shark besides the one in my basement. <laughs> So, all right, Will, so tell me about your history here. You've just, uh, you said you had the CDX and now you've got the XI, but any other models you ever owned? Uh, I had a Model 2. Back in the day, like, I started collecting in maybe 2007, 2008, and that was back when you could put an ad on, you know, Craigslist, hey, I buy your old video games. And people Uh actually replied to them with lots of old video games. Cheap. Yeah. I actually picked up yep. a couple Model 2s that way, um, and they came with, you know, the aforementioned Ground Zero Texas, you know, the Sonic CD, stuff like that, a lot of staples, and that's how I got my experience mm. with, like, the Model 2, but I've never owned a Model 1. I had That's how I got my XI, was $3 off one of those Craigslist ads, oh, wow. buy your old <sighs> games. <laughs> man. Man, um, oh man. Uh, I didn't hold on to that one long. Um, no, you didn't. It was on, I remember you sold it on RF Gen, right? I uh, traded it. Traded it, actually, for a complete in-box uh, Nintendo, The not Nintendo, but it's the uh, Hyper Boy for the Game Boy. Oh, okay. The thing you put the Game Boy in, it makes it like a little arcade uh, Yeah, I actually had one of those. I don't know what I did with it. Yeah, I traded it for that because that was so cool. And it's like brand new in the box. and it's Nice. Awesome. But anyway, uh, so CDX, I think, was the last Sega model that came out, and that was yes. the all-in-one jobby, right? It was even a disc I man. wanted this thing so badly. So, Will, so you've had one of these things. So it was. what'd you think? It was all right. My biggest fear, I'm not very savvy with electronics in terms of repairing stuff, and I know these things have a tendency to have the laser go out. So I was really yeah. concerned that the laser would die and I'd have this $300 paperweight. Um, I actually traded a copy of Zombie Nation to get it, so I had, I had a little bit invested into it. So I got rid of it since I had the XI and it was still working, so I wanted to relieve that over my head. Um, as far as um, functionality worked, I mean, it worked fine. Um, it, wa- it worked on batteries if the power ever went out and I had a bunch of batteries to <laughs> just fire it up. I could play some games. I couldn't t- How would you I have a TV? On the TV I was going to say, but <laughs> I could listen to some CDs if I own CDs anymore. But um, it did. One advantage it did have over the um, XI is it worked with my 32X. I was able to test my Web of Fire when I got it using the 32X and the um, CDX. Oh, you just had to rub that. I did mention it. Yeah, just jelly. For <laughs> Super jelly. You're not missing. You know what's funny? You, 
No, I know I'm not. Yeah, from what I've seen and what I've heard. Yeah, um, you know it's funny you mentioned that because the uh, the CDX, uh, I believe in the manual, which I've never seen in person. I've just seen online. Uh, the manual showed an optional bracket to support the 32x that was supposed to have been released, but I don't think one's ever been found. Uh, I don't know if it ever actually got produced, but the manual shows this like ridiculous little like support bracket that like kind of like adds like you know feet for the uh, cdx so that's that hilarious the, uh, 32x can like you know stay balanced on it and not knock the whole thing over that's funny i remember um i had a friend of mine that bought a cdx back when it came out because he didn't have he had the nintendo consoles and by then you know he kind of liked this because it was an all-in-one he hadn't had a genesis so let's just get this i've got everything you know mm-hmm. pretty much and he bought that, and uh, we played it a lot. But I always kind of remember, I'm like, it's kind of a neat novelty, but I don't right. think I would trade what I've got for it. Um, yeah, I mean, and and to, to Will's point, um, and it's not just the laser that tends to go out on these guys. The, the other thing that bugs me about it, the quality of the sound chip is nowhere near as good as the quality of the sound chip in the Genesis 1, mm-hmm. um, uh, which is the best. Um, Genesis 2 is not bad. It's 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 not as good as Genesis 1, but it's not bad. The CDX sound chip, if you go on YouTube and listen to comparisons, it's really bad. Um, and the other thing is uh, 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 the, uh, what do you call it, the... Um, uh, compatibility. I've actually read there's a handful of uh, legit Sega CD Terminator. games that do not work in it. Yeah, really. Terminator does not work. And uh, I th- and I think Jurassic Park. Huh. that's interesting. Does not work in it. So then, um, this was a weird time too because then we had third party manufacturers making consoles, right? Licensed stuff. So that's when we got the JVC XI and Wonder Mega in Japan. They called it. Um, and again, it was just an all-in-one jobby, but totally redesigned and made by a separate company for some reason, right? Yeah, Norm actually just did a video on this a couple of weeks ago detailing how they got the rights to it. And apparently it was like $500 at launch, and it was supposed to be used as a karaoke machine as well and just do everything in one. But it didn't sell very well. He said it only sold 10,000 units. I do remember that when I had mine for a minute. It looks like it had like a volume and like a jack or something, it right? It does, yeah, on the side. Oh, yes, because that's what the world... Oh, I bet, you know, hey, CD and G disc, you could probably make, like, the text on the screen or something, huh? Oh, there we go. <laughs> well, I'm bringing it all back together not very well. But anyway. And then there was this other thing, the um, Pioneer Laser Active. Yeah, I was really hardcore looking for one of these for a long time, and it's just such a futile thing to find nearby. Like, it's you almost have to order it somewhere. Yeah, and because it was this big laser disc player that also had two separate packs. So you had an NEC pack to play PC Engine or Turbo stuff, and then you had a Sega pack to play Mega Drive, Mega CD, Sega CD, and Mega LD. There was laser disc <laughs> games. Oh wow. For this thing. So yeah, take a look sometime uh on Japanese you'll see Mega LDs, and they're these giant laser disc games. Um and they're pretty much the just those like um, like Road Avenger and those kind of things that came out in Japan that were kind of big for a little while, but uh, just totally strange time. Could you imagine that now that like, you know, Sony's like, well, we're going to let like, you know, Panasonic make a PlayStation. Right. Yeah. I mean, things like that would just never happen these, these days. Well, didn't they let, let Nokia do that? 
did. Oh, the Xperia phone, didn't they? Yeah. Oh my god, I totally forgot about that. So did everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so bad, but true. That's true. Wasn't it supposed to like play PlayStation One games or I, something? I, you know, I played a demo of it at some event uh, uh, when it was coming out. I can't remember if it was a Best Buy thing or a consumer thing or what, but I play, it was like that little flip-up uh, thing, and they had like Crash Bandicoot running on it, and they are like, yeah, it's going to play your PlayStation games. I was like, you mean the games that I already own? And they're like, well, no, we're, you're yeah, you're going to buy those again. It's <laughs> no, like, I'm not. okay, I'll talk to you later, buddy. <laughs> right. And then they had the weirdest hybrid game stuff of all, right? The very limited... 32x cd games yeah all four of them um so i gotta ask well since you have a uh an xi does the 32x work all right with that no doesn't fit it doesn't work no. at all you have to take it apart to get it to fit in there because the way the system's molded it just doesn't fit in properly so what do you do once, to get your 32x once fixed? it physically fits does it work i i think so i think i've seen people doing it but uh, I've never been able to get it to work. No, 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 wait, 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 wait. Mm. Sorry, sorry. I was thinking of the power base converter. My apologies. It does work. It does work. It's just the, the drive door doesn't open when it's um when it's plugged in. So putting games in like the Night Trap 32X CD version is a little bit of a pain mm. in the butt, but it does work. Interesting. Interesting. Well, I think that was just kind of odd because it was this weird like, well, we've got two add-ons. Let's try to support them at the same time. <laughs> um Man, those things must have sold like just terrible. And what didn't one of them have both? Yeah, like I was saying, like the the night. Are you talking about the system or the game? No, the game. Like one game yeah, had like the Sega CD and yeah, Night Trap and the 32X version. The, uh, 32X and the Sega CD. There was also, I think, a version of Crip Killer that required it as well. Yeah, there's a uh, um, Fahrenheit was the only one uh, that I can think of now that had. Uh, uh, just Sega that, that had both. It was like like the blue and the yellow spine. So uh, it had the uh, you could play it just on Sega CD, or you could play it uh, if you had a 32x because it would do additional processing. Um, and then Night Trap, I think, was two separate releases. It was right? two separate. It was actually released a few times because they had the one, and then they re-released it censored, and then they re-released it for the 32x CD. Mm. All right, we probably go so far down the wormhole. I can tell we must be boring to death because I think Pam is dead. Can you go like <laughs> check and see if there's, there's a pulse over there? Are well, you alive? I'm alive. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get and to well, some games because I think this can probably bring the conversation away from way too technical yeah. land, which we tend to get into some form. So hey. Um, I want to kind of talk a little about some of the games for a minute and give you guys a chance to kind of expound yeah. on... Um, yeah. I thought we can't probably go too crazy, but maybe if we give some time to talk about maybe our top three titles and then maybe just throw in some honorable mentions. And Pamps, you've been silent for a little bit. I'm going to give you a chance to kind of warm up and tell me about maybe some favorite Sega CD titles that you've got. Sure. Uh, my favorite, I think, my favorite uh, Sega CD title is Snatcher. Um, I've dedicated a bunch of time to it recently. I did a review of it. I did the entire playthrough on my channel. So uh, that's one of the games that really appeals to me. I mean, it's basically just like a visual novel type game. Like there's not a ton of gameplay in it other than, I don't know, maybe seven or eight little shooting sequences. 
But it's just a really well-told story, and it's a lot of fun to play. I, um, as I think we were talking about before, I hadn't played any of the Metal Gear games, so I decided to start my Kojima um, experience with Snatcher, which was one of the first ones other than the NES Metal Gear games. So has anyone else played through that? I remember Snatcher back in the day, but I've never had a copy. Bill? Uh, I have never owned a copy, and I have never known someone that lived close <laughs> enough to me to borrow a copy to play. Uh, actually, there is a guy at my uh, uh, the flea market uh, uh, that's you know my local flea market who always has a copy. Um, and it's because he's selling it for just a little bit more than you know what people know they could get it for if they're patient. Um, it's it's probably a decent enough price, but it's just high enough that no one buys it. So it's it's like torture. Like I see it every single week. I'm like, oh, you still got it, huh? He's like, yep. It just reminds me because I remember one time my mom called me. She was at Goodwill, and she's like, hey, they got a couple games here. Do you want me to get them for you? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, sure. What are they? And she's like, oh. Some sports game, and like in this one, like the sna- Snatcher or something, and I'm like, what? It's <laughs> yeah. so like, yeah, 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 get it, get it, get it. Um, and then I'm like, oh man, that's so exciting. I was so excited for her to come by the house, and she comes by and she doesn't have it. And I was like, what? What happened? And she said, well, I opened it up and the game wasn't in there. Oh no. And I uh. and I said, oh. Oh, that's that still would have been worth three I, bucks. I know. I was like, so you know, I wish you would at least called me and would have. I would have bought the case in the manual, you know. Right. Uh, but she said no, and so I immediately, of course, went back to the store, and and then the people are like, no, we can't sell it because the game isn't there. Oh, so you actually and I'm saw like, it there? What's that? Actually, like went there and it was still there, and you saw it. They had pulled. They had pulled it off the oh, shelf. Okay. I asked, and they're like, we can't sell it because the game isn't. I'm like, I don't care about the game. I want to just buy it. Yeah, just, just give it to me. Yeah, I'll what buy it. What are they going to do with and it? No. Right. I don't know. Oh, I don't know, awful. but they wouldn't that's, sell it. Huh. That's awful. I, I was at uh, the best thing, probably the best thing that ever happened to me at Goodwill. It was right when I first started collecting. I got to the Goodwill. I walked in, and there was like a, a glass case filled with box nintendo games um and i started seeing some of the pricing on them they were all like three four dollars each and i was like oh my god so i got the person over there so So they she took them all out i started taking games that they were all in there they all had the manuals and i was like all right i just like i took all the ones that like i needed and there were a whole bunch of ones that like either like you know I, I, I already had, or like maybe like, you know, they weren't like the best shape. So I just bought like probably like half of them and then I get in the car and then I start feeling in, in, I was like, oh, I really shouldn't just walk away from yeah, it. So I went back inside. All. Well, I went back inside and I was like, hey, I, I, I have some of the games already for the ones you have in the in the case here, but I don't have like the boxes and the manuals. And they were like, oh, you can have the boxes. What? So they, <laughs> took all the games out and they just gave me all of the boxes and manuals for the rest of the games they had that is amazing and you know what was in there what ninja gaiden one ninja gaiden oh, two ninja gaiden three man. those are probably the best and then like a contra was in there jackal was in there it was a just it was a whole bunch of great games that is that's pretty fantastic you can't find those deals at goodwills no. anymore no they're they're long gone they'll go online the instant they get them 
Oh man, Will. So first up, so what do you think? You got a favorite Sega CD game? Um, I would have said Lunar had I not played through Lords of Thunder yesterday. Mm. Oh my gosh, oh, right my answer, goodness. right answer. It <laughs> was so good. My mind was blown the entire time. Pam, listen to the soundtrack. Listen to how good it is. Like I was just enthralled. So wait a minute, you've owned this and you've never played it? I have so many games. It's hard. Oh. It's hard. Um, I don't it's, it's hard to find time to play some of these, but I've had it for a few years. But yeah, I finally sat down and played through it yesterday. It is my favorite Sega CD game, hands down. Oh yeah, Lords of Thunder is my, like another compile shooter. So just go through your library. Anything that was developed by Compile that's a shooter. So Xanak, Guardian Legend, Lords of Thunder, Gunnack. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you've got. A gunhead blazing lasers on turbo. I mean, we could keep going forever, but I, I, just play, speaking play of this. that, um, I actually tried to play some Robo LS today, and I wasn't. There you I go. wasn't feeling it. I wasn't a fan. It's much more Musha, I think. Yeah, than... I, I have Musha, and I play it pretty often. So maybe trying to go from Musha to Robo LS, I'm just kind of like, uh... but yeah, Musha's pretty good. Yeah. Musha <laughs> so, is pretty damn good. It's pretty pretty good. Uh, so. So tell everybody why on earth they need to play Lords of Thunder. The soundtrack is amazing. Um, it's very approachable, actually. I have um, if I start playing a game and I just start getting you know just killed instantly, you know, game over. Sort of like when I was playing Power Strike for the first time on Master System. I'm another compound <laughs> shooter. I know I use it as an example on purpose, but uh, a man after your heart. That's right. That's right. I uh, I kind of get um, disheartened immediately and I turn it off because I just have it's just when you have so many games, it's just if something doesn't grab you right away, you just kind of just turn it off and you're like, okay, I'll play something else. I'll come back to this later when I have more time. But Lords of Thunder just grabs you immediately because it's so approachable. It's not, I wouldn't say easy, but it's it's fair enough that you can sit down and try it for the first time and you can feel accomplished. You can finish a couple levels. You can upgrade your character, get going. It, it was just a good time from start to finish for sure. And this just the soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> it's really I'm, great. I'm, I'm very much, I'm very much like that too, Will. As far as like, I'll give a game a certain amount of time, and I'm like, you know what? It doesn't grab me. I have such a limited amount of time to play games. I can't not be having fun the entire time. So, I got, I got kind of like a short, uh, short leash on on a lot of games. Yeah, definitely. So, Pam, did he convince you to play? Oh yeah, I definitely want to play that one. I haven't tried it yet, but uh, I love shooter shooters, so I. I'll play that at some point. Add it to the pile of games that I have to play. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because you... um, Didn't you do something on Guardian Legend at one point? Uh, Yeah, I did Guardian Legend, and I did a review of Gunneck. So, yeah. Yeah. I love Guardian Legend. That was probably one of my favorite games that I played last year. That was Uh. just... I I love hybrids. Like, anything that mixes up genres and offers variety, especially in retro games, is just uh, A-plus in my book. (laughs) Yeah, I was just playing the Japanese version of that the other night. Um, That's fantastic. Those are great games. Bill, Sega CD, what's your top? Like, the very top? Well, we don't have to hit the very top. We're going to hit three, so, you know, just... (laughs) Um, (laughs) <laughs> did you hear Momo? The cat, the cat yeah, she's in. like right on top was... of the microphone. She's trying to, she's trying to come snuggle with me. Sorry. Nice. <laughs> but you're fine. 
She her least favorite game was Wonder Dog. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was everybody's but, uh, least favorite game. Yeah. Um. Uh. I mean, the three games on my list that I kind of like prepared for uh, uh for this show are three just really really common like you know super you know you know they're they're just the games that we played the most. Um. And Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. I was a really big Mortal Kombat fan uh, in the 16-bit days. I rem- and it was like the height of like you know like the console wars, like the Genesis versus Super Nintendo. Which one's better? Uh, Super Nintendo doesn't have even have blood. It's like white sweat <laughs> that you turn red with a stupid code. And uh, uh, I remember reading a review. And like they did a comparison between like you know like the 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 Genesis version, the Super Nintendo version, the Sega CD version. And when it got to the Sega CD version, I still remember the lines to this day. The, the dude was like, "Whoa, where do I put in the quarter?" <laughs> That's awesome. I was like, "There we go. That's the one that I want." And uh, I mean, loading screens uh, notwithstanding. Uh, and again, like going back to like just like the 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 idea of a video game on CD, like it was new, and to kids who kind of grew up with all their games on CDs, except for like you no know, Nintendo handhelds and stuff, it was such a new idea. Like the the cover of Mortal Kombat on the Genesis is just a picture of the CD <laughs> with with the Mortal Kombat dragon on it. So, uh, yeah, I'm gonna go with Mortal Kombat. Um, our our little group uh, had a lot of fun with it, and we we played a ton of it. Yeah, and on the cover, doesn't it say something like bigger, badder, something Yeah, it's like, like bigger, badder, louder, uh, uh, just trying to, you know, like, like pimp the, uh, the, the CD format. Uh, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, bigger, better, louder, uh, meaner. Oh, there you there go. There you go. See, he just went to the shelf. He's like, yeah, like he a, just like turned a boss. his head a little bit. I did just go to <laughs> the shelf, Like a boss. Um... Yeah, and it had like at the beginning, it had the music video, right? It had, yeah, the, it was like, you, yeah, you you fired it up, and it, and it wasn't the best version of that song, which was you know came out like around the time the movie came in, which is like that like test your might, yeah, you know, like the whole the whole song. It was the Mortal Kombat commercial with like the kid like putting his hands up in the air, but it's not the best version of the song. Um, but every game did that, like you know, you fire up NHL '94, and there was this big FMV intro. You fire up, you know. Like any game, because there were a lot of games that were ports of other games, uh, especially sport like FIFA, uh, uh, you know, FIFA 94, NHL 94. Um, there were a lot of games that they were like, okay, we just got to throw games at this system to like get it out there, Mortal Kombat. So a lot of games were just the same as the Genesis version, just with like FMV intro and like digitized sound. Now, I have to ask this question because it sounds like you guys, I'm Bill, obviously, but Will, at least, sounds like you've probably played this version. Mortal Kombat on Sega CD, yeah. Uh huh. The most frustrating thing in the universe is when you get to the final boss, Shang Tsung, and he has to morph into another character, and you gotta wait for like what? How long for it to load? It's it's like <laughs> Legendary Wings co-op load times <laughs> on Shang Tsung. Uh, it is like at on the one hand, I was like, okay, the game just freezes. Yeah, I like you think it's. You think it's like it's time to hit reset, and you're like, "Oh wait, he's fighting me now, and he's another guy." <laughs> like, I, I just imagine someone playing it on the Sega CD who had never played it on any other platform and didn't know that Shang Tsung could morph. <laughs> he thinks his game is totally broken, and it's just shifting uh, uh, fighters on him. I know, and I just remember that would just pause and load, and there's not even a loading thing on the screen. You're just no. frozen. Until it suddenly goes back to working again. And it's got to be seconds that it yeah. takes. 
to load in. Yeah, if, and if then you he morphs seen, back, if, and it's if, seconds. If you haven't, yeah, if you haven't seen it, YouTube it. It's uh, you could like, like it happens, and you're like, all right, well, I might as well just get a sip of water, and we're good. <laughs> Yeah, it's bad. Uh, but, I mean, yeah, it was cool. I like all the little full motion video, like the little portrait full motion video. Um, yeah. And, and and you know what I really like, too? Test your mic, right? It's just, it's just a really, it's a really, really, really small, simple change. But on the Genesis, and I can't remember, I didn't play much of the Super Nintendo version, so I don't know. But on the Genesis version of Mortal Kombat 1, Scorpion and Sub-Zero have the same pose. Like, you know how Scorpion, like, he has his arm, like, his, his fist, like, up in the air? Mm-hmm. And Sub-Zero is supposed to have just, like, one arm, like, across his chest. Like, both of them have their arms just, like, up in the air like Scorpion is. Because I guess there was, like, just not enough kilobytes on the cartridge to have that other animation in there. Uh. I remember just going on the select screen, going between Scorpion and Sub-Zero, and having it switch between arm up and, like, arm across the body. <laughs> and I thought that was cool. <laughs> it's like, we, it's we have enough room. Yeah. How easily amused as children we were. <laughs> I, I and on a similar note in like Street Fighter, I remember telling uh, uh, telling people like, "Oh, the Hadouken sounds so much better. It used to sound like Hadouken, and you go in the arcade, it's like Hadouken." <laughs> All right, so um, up for me, uh, I'm gonna say first, and I might get a little flack for this one from somebody because I just know. Final Fight CD. Boo. Uh, <laughs> why would you get? Oh, I was I was in the process of saying why would you get, and then uh-huh. boo. Yeah, because I had a preview of this a little bit earlier today. You, maybe you can share your hate in a minute, but anyway, um, Final Fight CD is the best port of Final Fight. It just is. Um, arc nearly arcade perfect. Uh, the music is fantastic. You've got all three characters as opposed to on the. On the Super Nintendo version where you only got two. Even if you got the other version, you only got two. It's just which two did you get? And um, it is Final Fight, the arcade game. And to be able to bring that home, sit down with a friend, play through just like you're going to the arcade and plunking in a million quarters was just amazing at the time. Because you would get usually like ports, you get pretty close and you're like, eh, this is good enough for me to play this. But, I mean, this was like, I'm sitting at the arcade, and I am playing this game. And the load times were all normal, like, in between the levels, so they weren't a big deal. And you don't really notice them that much. Um, and, you know, it's not a ridiculously long game, but it was just so much fun. It's like a, just a great beat-em-up, and it's just, yeah, it's just arcade great. So, hit me, Will. Why am I, why am I wrong? <laughs> Just because it's the best part of the game doesn't make it a good game. Uh, <laughs> Pam, can you walk in the other room and hit him for me? No, for me, Please. it's it's just way too hard. It's way. I understand it was a quarter muncher. It was an arcade game. They want your money. But would you rather sit down and play this, or would you rather sit down and play Streets of Rage Two, and it's an inferior cartridge form? Let me let me ask you a question. You know, next time when your skills suck, why don't you call Pam in the room and she can show you how to play a game, right? <laughs> okay. So say co-op this with me because I suck and I need some help. All right, fair enough. <laughs> I mean, you were you're right about you know the soundtrack. It's it sounds cool for CD audio. There's little to no load times. The graphics are very nice. That it is a very faithful port, but. If I'm going to sit down and play a beat-em-up on a Sega console, I would much rather play Streets of Rage 2 than play Final Fight CD. Bill, can you give me an amen? I can't. 
What? <laughs> <laughs> I am not a like huge uh you know backer of either game like but I never got into Final Fight like really ever oh. and I got into Streets of Rage 2 and 3 for a while with a buddy of mine who was like a huge Streets of Rage fan and uh like to me that like that's kind of where I lie like Final Fight's not a bad game it's a hard game and it's really good um but you know it, it's it, it, it's 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 yeah, I hate to like echo like exactly what Will just said. No, wait, but, like, wait. Again, this is if not I'm gonna the, sit down. This is not the Streets of Rage versus Final Fight show. This is the Sega CD show. You don't you didn't have Final Fight on Sega CD. I'm sorry, you didn't have Streets of Rage on on Sega CD. Yeah, but isn't that what you asked me? Is if I can back you up in the yeah, argument? Yeah, because I'm now I'm trying to save salvage <laughs> something. I'm trying to salvage something out of this and. So I, I will tell you that Final, like again, Final Fight CD is the best port of that game. And if you're asking me, would I rather play Final Fight CD or Streets of Rage? I'd rather play Streets of Rage. Let me ask this question to everyone around: Would you <laughs> rather play Final Fight CD or Final Fight on Super Nintendo? Final Fight CD. Final Fight CD. I mean, that's not a question. It is a question. <laughs> that's an awful that's not a question. <laughs> it's a totally legit question. Dang you, people. It's all right. I get to crap all over Bill's thing coming up in a minute anyway. That's like asking, do you <laughs> want $10 or do you want $100? Just fun games. I'm kidding. I'm joking. <laughs> I'm not sore about it. Final Fight CD is awesome. Uh, Pam, <laughs> mm-hmm. can you lift us out of the doldrums, maybe? I will try, with another great but game. I don't know if I'll succeed. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> uh, you want to know my, my second favorite Sega CD I, game? I would like to know that. Uh... I have to go with Night Trap for Night my trap. Nice. second favorite. As I was, as I was saying before, I really enjoy corny FMV games, and I think Night Trap is sort of the epitome of corny yeah. FMV games. And I also think it doesn't fall into the same trap, uh-huh, um, oh. <laughs> as as a number of the other FMV games. Um, things like. Time Gal and Wirehead and Fahrenheit, I believe. It's it, The gameplay is basically like, press a button, hope it's the right one, watch a scene. Press a button, mm. watch a scene. Press a button, watch a scene. Um, and though the gameplay in Night Trap definitely isn't perfect, like I have a lot of complaints about it, it's more interactive, I find. And each time you play through the game, you can see something a little bit different. So I thought that, I think that it's just, I don't know, I've, even now just playing it when, you know, the technology isn't new, I just find it very, um, very interesting. And it always, like, I find it really exciting. Like, oh my god, look, there's, there's real people in this game. That's amazing. And, uh, just the, the super 90s feel and the (laughs) horror movie cliches that it uses, are all really good. And then from a historical context, I think it's interesting and kind of hilarious how this game caused such a uh, a fuss, along with Mortal Kombat, about violence in video games. If they only knew. If they only knew. coming down the road. <laughs> Where it was going. <laughs> so yeah, you did a review of this one, right? Yeah, I did. And the thing is, I, this, the theme song, still like that bedroom or whatever, living room scene where there, she's got the tennis racket. Yeah. Is that night trap? Mm-hmm. You know, they're all racking out. And she's like playing the air guitar on the tennis racket. Yep. 
Yeah. Um, so I got to ask, when you were doing this one, did you use a fact or did you like plot out like at this time, go to this room? Oh, yeah. I'm not nearly patient enough for that. I tried it a few times just on my own. And then I looked up a walkthrough that had like time stamps for every single button you had to press. Have you ever watched somebody do like, have you ever watched a super cut of this where they take all just the, the different scenes and lay them all out? Yeah, yeah, I did. Because the, actually, the the one big complaint I had about the game was that if you want to win the game, you actually don't get to watch barely any of the scenes because you just have to be trapping augers the whole time. So you miss all of the wonderful, corny, bad acting so, yeah, so I played it through myself where I got till the end, and then I watched a video online that just intercut all the all the actual scenes. Does this make you want to go out, or do you already have the, the superior 3DO version? No, the, the Sega CD version is the only one that I've played, though I know that uh, visuals-wise, it's, it's not the best one. Yeah, you like... Twice the size of windowed video on 3DO and more colors. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I remember that was such a, yeah, that was that big thing in the Senate or whatever in Congress here where, mm-hmm. like, oh, we're, our sons and daughters are going to go crazy because of Night Trap and Mortal Kombat. Um, it was really weird. Was it a big deal in Canada, too? Not at all. Because <laughs> you have brains <laughs> in Canada. <laughs> Yeah. They're probably like, what? No, no. I think there were a couple MPs that were sort of concerned about it. MPs are members of parliament um, who were concerned about it, but it wasn't such a big deal here. Yeah, probably because you've got sane politicians well, <laughs> in your country. Yeah, a saner. I mean, they're not, you know, they're not completely sane, but it's it's not so much as of a circus. I gotcha. So I remember I rented this one um, back in the day and yeah, I couldn't do it because you had to like plot it out and mm-hmm. I couldn't get very far. But I do remember just having tons of fun just watching like the ridiculous video clips and you know, Dana Plato because I was a kid when Different Strokes was on. I know that's I'm old, but um, so Dana Plato was in that show and then seeing her again and this was like, oh, hey, look, it's Kimberly from Different Strokes. Uh, in a game, so yeah, it was pretty cool. Uh, and the whole idea wasn't it like the n- name of the team, like Scat or something. Yeah, it was Scat. <laughs> <laughs> Sega something attack team, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. So you've basically just assembled a crap team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty terrible. Oh gosh. Uh, Bill, did you play Night Trap back in the day? Uh, not back in the day, no. And I haven't gone through uh, and played like all the different scenes, all the different possibilities. Uh, you know, now that uh, uh, now that I do, you know, own it and have access to it. But uh, um, it's just one of these things that uh, the campiness is really appealing. Um, like the self awareness, uh, like the uh, like the '90s feel. Like it almost looks like an episode of Saved by the Bell with none of the regular <laughs> cast members uh, in it. Um, and it's, it's just really interesting. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I never played it, uh, uh, way back when. And I've like, it's one of these things that like when people come over and they see that I have it and they're like, oh, oh, can you put that on real quick? And I'm like, yeah, but like, it's not really easy. Like to, you know, let's just see, watch like, YouTube. You, 
Yeah, <laughs> like it'd be easier if we just pull up a video of it and you can see what it's like. But uh, but people like you know sometimes want to fire it up, so we'll fire it up once in a while. But I haven't gone through and uh, you know with the timestamps and everything and seen like uh, like you know different uh, playthroughs and everything like that. But uh, yeah, I, I, I never played it way back when I was too busy playing. Uh, like the three or four games that we had for Sega CD over and over again. I got you. We'll watch a supercut sometime. You'll you'll get a good kick out of it. Uh, Will get another Sega CD game for me? Yeah, um, I'm not gonna do it in order because I kind of want to mention this before Bill does, and then it, uh, <laughs> and then we, that's the way we can have a discussion about it. But don't worry, Bill, it's not Sewer Shark. It's uh, okay. it's <laughs> NHL '94. Um, I, I was a big fan of this growing up. Um, you know, being Canadian this was like the definitive version of any hockey game ever. It just, the, it was such a great time for hockey. Like all the greats were playing at the time, you know, Messier, Gretzky, Federal, Lemieux, everyone's in this game. Um, and the way they did it on Sega CD was just incredible. The sound, just like Bill said, with the actual audio in the menu rather than little bleeps and bloops. And they actually had like actual organ music from different arenas. So you could hear the... Oregon music from Maple Leaf Gardens back in the day when I was 10 years old was just mind-blowing. So, yeah, NHL 94 for me. Bill, you want to chime in since we're talking NHL? I will chime in. <laughs> this is when Pam um, and I take a nap. I'm guessing. Well, and, and, you know, it's normally I try to hold back a little bit on some of the hockey talk with the normal uh, co-hosts that we have. But now that we have a new Canadian in town, we can go uh, a little bit further with this. Um, uh yeah, I mean, NHL 94, we were already playing NHL 94 for a long time, like introduction of the one-timer, like you said, like a lot of great players. Uh, Chicago is ridiculously good in this game uh, uh, with a bell foreign goal and Steve Eiserman, or sorry, not Steve Eiserman, uh, Jeremy Roenick. Uh, oh, man, the, the team is just so, so good. And, uh, I, you know, getting through the Sega CD part of things, like, it starts up like any other Sega CD game, like a great big, like, you know, video montage of all like actual hockey footage and like all of the logos of all the different teams are flying by. And then it comes up and it's like, it's 94, boom. And it's like, it's this whole big like production. And then you get in the menus and you're like, oh, it's just, it's not just a port of the game. Like it's, it's at, like, it feels like a, it feels like a new game. Like it feels like a different game, even though it's all the, like the, you know, pretty much the same players and everything. And that's the first thing that hits you is like the sound in the game. Like the like even when the puck drops and you get a face off and it's like this generic like you know sixteen bit like stick chopping sound that you've heard for like the last three years since like NHLPA hockey came out and then like you know pucks hit the glass and pucks hit the post and like you hear actual sounds and like the whistle isn't just like a little bleepy whistle it's like an actual whistle and it was it was weird to me like how different that was you know like you didn't think it would be that different so like, I've heard these sounds before but. It really was different in that version of the game, and uh, uh, not everyone had the Sega CD. So, same again, we had to go to Bobby's house to play it. So we would go over there, and we had like there wasn't like a a, a really robust tournament row a tournament mode in the game. So we would get like poster board, and we'd make like brackets, and we'd like fill in all our names on them. We play you know any till ninety four tournaments uh, uh, over at his house, and. Uh, again, like not to go on gushing about like a, like a hockey game for longer than is necessary, but it, you know, a lot of people don't think of sports games as some of the best ones on a system. And I, I, we, I probably spent, if not the most time playing this game, it's, it's the second, uh, second most uh, played game on the system for me was NHL 94. 
Awesome. So our our quota of hockey talk and love in has happened. It's the, Man, it's 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 so early in 2016, and we've already filled the the yearly quota for hockey talk. <laughs> Anytime you want more hockey talk, see there you go. You got Will. You can bring him on and talk hockey. Pam, you can talk steam, and I'll take a nap. Don't worry. Um, hey, this is everybody wins. <laughs> it's, it's, probably. Uh, I'm gonna go up next with Silfeed. Um, Whoa! I really thought we were gonna have an NHL 94 hat trick for a second there. No, unless Pam's got this hidden away on her <laughs> list somewhere that I don't know about. Uh, but Silfeed came out, and I remember seeing this because it was, uh, at the time, I had just taken a job at a Walden Books in the mall. It's back when we had bookstores. I remember them. Yeah. Uh-huh. And in the mall, we also had Sears, of course, and Sears sold games, and they had Silfeed for Sega CD that they had uh, brought in, and I uh, didn't know much about it, but it looked cool on the cover, and it's like, oh, it's like a spaceship shooter. I'll get this. I like these kind of games. Um, and I picked it up, and I was... I mean, now I can look back, and I totally get it and what it is, but at the time, it totally just blew me away hmm. because it's basically like a really very simplistic shooter, but it has like this full-screen, full-motion video background that's playing, so it looks like you're like zooming through space and weaving yep. in between all of these gigantic things, and it's like you're a part of this crazy big space battle. There's a part where you're like dodging asteroids. There's a level where you're like hyperspace. I mean, at the time, I was like, this is just awesome. <laughs> uh, I just loved playing that game. And I mean, now when I go back and look at it a little bit, I'm like, yeah, okay, I get it. It's just some crappy polygons layered on top of some full motion video. <laughs> but I mean, it and the music was fantastic along with it. So for me, it's probably a lot of nostalgia, but I mean, it's even now, just to pop it in, I get excited, right? It just takes me back to like, and again, I still get that feeling, wow, this is so big. And even though it's very simplistic graphics, um, I just had a ton of fun with it. I really like this one. So am I alone? Sylphied? Anybody? Not at all. It's actually, it didn't make my top three. It is in my honorable mentions, though. Um, it's, uh, uh, it's a game that a friend of mine had, uh, growing up, one of the only other friends besides the rich kid who had Sega CD, and I didn't really get it back then. Um, and it wasn't until I was a little bit older and I, you know, I'd, I'd heard people talk about Sylphid uh, quite a bit. So I picked it up. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's not cheap, but it's not super expensive. So I picked it up and it's, you can find it most places and it's really good. It's just, uh, 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 it's a solid, like you said, solid shooter. Um, it's, it is, it does kind of, make you feel like uh like because i only really got into it you know more recently so way back when i could imagine like you know not being not like kind of separating like the polygons from the full motion video but now you can tell that's what it is uh but i i always thought it was just you know way back when like again i'm not very good at shooters so once i die a whole bunch i'm like i don't want to play this game anymore so that had a lot to do with me not liking shooters way back when, and like now I like them more now. But yeah, Sylphid is on my honorable mention list. It's a solid, solid shooter. Will, Pam, yeah, Sylphid? I, I like Sylphid. Um, I, I like the, the left and right system option to change whatever weapon you're going to use on your ship. Yeah. It's a pretty cool game. Have you actually played the remake on PS2, the one that Working Design sent over? I own it, but I have not played it yet. Really? Yes. Wow, I would have thought as a Sylphid fan, you'd pop. It's really good. It's really, it, like I was saying about Lords of Thunder, it's really approachable. It's something you can just sit down right away and you know feel accomplished and feel like you're doing something. It's not too hard, but not too easy. It's a good game. But I mean, getting back to the Sega CD one, yeah, I think it's a pretty good game. 
Good deal. Good deal. Pam, you said you like shooters. Have you played this one? No, I haven't played it yet. Oh, you have to give it a shot. Um, for, at the time, I think it was kind of mind-blowing. These days, you know, it probably is, hasn't aged as well, but it's kind of cool. I'd say check it out. It's also on sure. PC as well, right? It was originally a PC game and yep. ported over to Sega CD, right? That is correct. Yeah. I've never yeah. played the PC version, but um, yeah, you're right. Um, and uh, I believe... Uh, isn't the director more of like an RPG guy? It's Game Arts is the company, so it wouldn't surprise me. Game Arts has done a lot of RPGs. I remember reading somewhere that like it was like a trivia bit. It was like, oh, did you know the director of uh, Sylphid is also the director of, like, it was either, like, Lunar. Is your Lunar or Grandia? Maybe both? Probably was Gra- Grandia was a, a Game Arts title as well, so I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think it's the same, uh, either same director or same designer. I can't remember. Wouldn't surprise me. Um, coming back around again, Pam. Sega CD, third time. What you got? So I've been having issues coming up with my third one. Um, a lot of the Sega CD games I've liked have, you know, I've liked them for their own sort of historical value while understanding that they're not actually that great games. So <laughs> <laughs> No, come on. Yeah. Um, so one game that I would say is as the best game, not necessarily as a Sega CD game, just as generally best game is Secret of Monkey Island. Oh, <laughs> man. <laughs> Which is a game that I played, I'm not on the Sega CD, but it's something that I played on PC, one of the early uh, early games that I had. I, have, I got like a Lucasfilm box set with... Uh, with Secret of Monkey Island, and there was an Indiana Jones game, and Zack McCracken, and Maniac Mansion, and that kind of stuff. Uh, so that was just, like, one of the sort of um, formative video games in my early life. Um, so I always just really liked that one. I had a really good sense of humor, and it uh, was also really fun to play, although I don't think adventure games translate particularly well to consoles. But just the <laughs> gameplay in general is just really great. I had kind of forgotten about that one. I think that was close to launch, if not launch. It was pretty close to that. Yeah, it time. was a boxed one, so it was yeah, definitely green, near launch. Yeah, green box. I remember on that one for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I never remember that it's on Sega CD because I think of it as such a PC mm-hmm. game. But that's right, it was. Good old guy brush threepwood, right? Oh man, <laughs> man, no mancomb. <laughs> <laughs> What a great game. That's the only Monkey Island game I've played. So, um... I mean, I tell you, it's... It's it's, it's so good. It is. I think that's a great pick. Um, Like I said, I'd kind of forgotten that it was even out on the console. Totally. Yeah, that was a good curveball. Yeah, good one. Um... Will, you got a third one in, in, in ready? Yeah, I do. Um, Lunar, Silver Star, for sure. Lunar. Yeah, this okay. would have been my first nice. had I not played Lord of Thunder on Thursday. <laughs> uh, Lunar is incredible. You could have just asked me. I would have told you. <laughs> I mean, I've heard such good things about it, but it's just, it's so hard to find time to sit down and play something, you know? I'm with you. Yeah. Totally. But, um, it just gets worse. Don't worry. I've been playing Lunar. Since MAGFest last year. That's where I got it, last year at MAGFest. A year. I've been playing this game with two hours here, an hour there, but yeah. it's just so hard to sit down and play, you know, 10, 12, 14 hours into a game. But, yeah, it's it's fantastic. I love Lunar and Sega CD. And, I mean, I put the PS1 in 
uh, PS1 version in just for comparison the other day, and it, it looks a lot better. You know, the voice acting is a lot better and stuff like that. But as far as Sega CD goes, this is still up there. It's fantastic. Use your backup RAM cart to make sure your save is nice and... <laughs> the Sega CD is actually pretty good about that. As long as you power it on every so often, like, the battery recharges itself, so it, um, say, the, the RAM, like, the internal RAM still activates. Yeah. I have a backup RAM cart, though, because um, Shining Force requires one. Cause if it, you want to complete both scenarios, yeah. Yeah, it's too big to fit on the internal one, but I've never had a problem with the Sega CD internal RAM. I don't know if you might have... No, I was just kind of teasing, because if you took that long, you'd want to make sure that you didn't lose your safe. <laughs> no, I'll definitely if, turn it on every couple of weeks or so to play something quick. Yeah, definitely, definitely. That's a good one. Um, I kind of rented those back in the days, like Vey and Lunar, but I didn't own them ever. Um, but I always thought they were really pretty cool. I wish I had more time with them. I did own the PlayStation versions, but... Um, yeah. yeah, they're a lot better done. They're very, a lot cleaner, a lot, not, a lot nicer to look at. The sound acting, like I said, is a lot better as well. But this just has a certain charm to it, especially you know being as old as it is. Because I think the PS One ones were from ninety seven, even ninety eight. This is from ninety two, and this is also from Game Arts, by the way. So I'm not sure. Oh, if they did sell feed as well, but it says Game Arts on the box here. Oh man, and working designs, the packaging was always just this foil on the manuals yeah. and everything. Always great. They always oh, went all out. Very shiny. Beautiful. Yeah, I know. It's beautiful. Ah, uh, Bill, you got a third one? I do. This is where you're supposed to talk, Bill. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm gonna to pull it out of you? I mean, or beg or what? I mean it's 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 nothing's too super. It's just sewer shark. Uh-huh. just good old sewer shark. I really like sewer shark a lot, and I don't know what That's it is. Okay. It's just the the like the, the intro. It opens up like it feels like Total Recall. It feels like it's just it's uh, it's just the smoke and like you like first person and you're coming in there and then Falco's another crash and burn first time huh rookie and i'm like yeah it is my first time like how did she i hear you're going out with ghosts today i can go out with ghosts today now that's my main man i'm like oh okay so she knows ghosts and then like ghost comes out welcome to the sewers punk and like i felt like i was being like led through this uh through this story and as a kid i played it a little bit and it was just you know it was cool because like it was fmv and everything but then like you get in the sewer and I'm just shooting all the little creatures and everything, right? I have no idea I'm supposed to be following the directions <laughs> that they're telling me to go to the right. So I keep crashing and dying, and it was so frustrating. And I forget who it was that actually finally told me. They were like, now, you know that when they say, you know, like, three, six, nine, or, like, those are the directions you're supposed to go. I was like, oh, no, I didn't realize that. Um, and I wasn't really good at it back in the day, so I never really got very far. So, like, years later when I got a job and I got a Sega CD, and I actually, like, finished it to completion – it was like one of those things where like I was towards the very end of it and like my hands were shaking and I was, I was you know, short, shortness <laughs> of breath and I was breathing. And, and I finally got to, got to a uh, beach bum uh, uh, designation and got to the end there. And like, it's just such a silly ending spoiler alert that like when you get to the end of sewer shark, it's like uh, the evil boss was against you the whole time and you got to kill everything to save the world of sewers. <laughs> and then once you get through the sewer, you're just like, they give you a lay on a beach and then like everything's okay. So it's just so cool and quirky. And like, I don't know if you'd say campy, but like, there's just something like oddly charming about it. I really, really, really like sewer shark a lot. 
no other love for I'm not hearing any other love for Sewer Shark. No, I mean like I, I don't expect to hear like you know when I like I want when people hear like you know what I paid for like my 3DO copy of Sewer Shark and like you know I'm not I don't want to sell it but like what I you know what I believe that it's worth and every like people like look at me they're like Are you serious like it's Sewer Shark <laughs> and I'm like yeah but it's ah it's and it's okay if it's it's okay if it's only special to me but. There's there's something you know I said like oddly charming about it. I just I really like Sewer Shark a lot. There's something magic about your childhood though, right? Yes, definitely. And but it's weird because like there's things that like you'll go back to and you're like, oh, it's too bad. It was just rose you know rose tinted glasses or uh, you know like it was just the nostalgia, but like it doesn't hold up. But like there's something weird about you know this game in particular. Like I go back and like I look at scenes from it or I look at characters from it or I hear lines from it. And they resonate so strongly. So I don't know if it was just that point in my childhood that it was such like a big uh, like connection to. Um, but there's there's still something about that game when I play it. I still still really enjoy it as much as I did back then. Now, Pam, it sounded like you had something to say there. Yeah, I haven't played that one yet, but that's definitely high up on my list of Sega CD games to play. I'm definitely more interested in that than, you know, the, the Mortal Kombats and the Final Fights and the Sonics. Oh, right. and then we get to that point where no one has mentioned <laughs> Sonic CD, right? <laughs> Which is so, like, when you talk to Sonic people, it's like Sonic CD is, like, always tops on the list. And, like, for me, I was such a big Sonic 2 uh, fan for so long. I love Sonic 2 and Sonic 3. Um, I played Sonic CD a little bit, and it's really good, but it, I wasn't into Sonic when Sonic CD came out, so I never really played it way back when. So, Will, Pam, so when... Uh, Pam mentions she doesn't like Sonic CD. Will, do you go into a frenzy, or what happens there? <laughs> There's no frenzy, but Sonic is kind of... It's <laughs> off limits in the house, because, you know, growing up as a Sega guy, I, I always loved me some Sonic, but she's not a fan of any of it at all. I was playing through Sonic CD today. I was actually going to try and complete it, but... No, I heard about it. Yeah, she. I, I went to the, the liquor store to get some liquor in t- anticipation for this, <laughs> and uh, she's like, I'm going to play your Sonic CD. I'm like, go nuts, whatever. And uh, she's like, I hate this. This is the worst thing I've ever done, but... <laughs> <laughs> I, I love it. I, you know, Sonic has always been my guy. So why, Pam? Why the Sonic hate? See, in the grand Nintendo versus Sega scheme of things, I don't have a horse in that race. I think both consoles or both makers of consoles are great. They both have some great games. They both have some not great games. But just Sonic in particular, just just even talking about Sonic or watching Sonic makes my blood pressure rise like wow you're you're running along you're having fun there's only one button button you have to push you don't have to push a button to run it's just like you're running you're having fun and then boom you run into a rock or boom you run into a spring and it sends you off in the other way and it's just like stop go stop go and i was i I started playing Sonic CD just today and I got through the first couple levels and I was like, oh, okay, this isn't the worst thing. And then I got to like the pinball stuff and I was just getting flung all over the place and I was getting caught at the bottom of little like hills and I just like, (laughs) it's just super frustrating for me. Like in say Mario, um, I don't have a horse in the race of Sonic of Sega versus Nintendo, but in terms of Mario versus Sonic, Mario definitely wins. Like when you lose, it's because you didn't push the right buttons. Uh, in in Sonic, when you lose, it's just because you didn't know that there was going to be a wall in front of you that you were going to run into, and it was going to have spikes on it. 
I feel like this is like a cleansing session. Yeah. Or, do you want to? It's good. It's good. Get it all out. Is there anything? Because I'm sure Will normally doesn't let you talk this way. So is there anything else you want to get out about Sonic? No, I admit it can be pretty jarring going that fast and just coming to like a, a dead stop or running into a spike or something. But that's, that's the fun of it, though. Finishing a level in 30 seconds, feel awesome. It's blast processing, right? right? Yeah. Not, not everyone can keep up with us, Pam. I, I guess not, but my... My platformer thing, which I think Will has too, is that I like linear things. Like, I don't want my platformers to... I don't want to be able to get lost in a platformer, basically. And I find just, like, the levels in Sonic are much bigger than they need to be. Like, if you could just run through from beginning to end with some obstacles and jumps and things, that would be cool. But there's, like, the levels are six times larger than they need to be. And I feel like, am I missing something by not exploring the whole thing? No, because I have to go fast because I'm Sonic. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> it's weird because as a Sonic fan, all the things she's saying are pretty valid. <laughs> no, it's true. I, I agree with her. It's hard to shoot and it down really, but, um, right. And, and I think a lot of it has to do with like years ago, at least for me, like we didn't like, we got like one game. And then, like, if we got a good report card, like, the next semester, like, we could get another game. So you didn't have that many games to play. Like, now you have, like, 80,000 different games you could play, like, right now in your, you know, digital or physical library. So it's, like, you had Sonic 1 or Sonic 2 or Sonic 3 whatever. Okay, like, you just played Sonic 1 a ton. And the thing is, you know, like, you play through it once and say, okay, I'm going to go this way. You play through again, I'm going to go a different way. And then you would kind of find the way that you liked a lot. And then, like, you would play that level over and over and over again. And now once you know the level, now you know how you can kind of maneuver it. And you would still die a lot because you're like, oh, like, at the pace that I move through this level, that bird is jumping right at the spot that I want to jump. So if you wanted to run straight, you had to do, like, a, a, a real quick little tap. And it just got you off the ground enough where you could, you know, uh, ping that bird. And then maybe, like, bump on the next bird. And, like, oh, now I found a secret thing. So, and then it almost became, like, kind of like a speedrunner mentality, like, no pun intended, where, like, you start learning the level so well that like you're doing these little like muscle memory twitch things and like really, you know, kind of moving through it very quickly. So like for me, that was where the joy in Sonic came is once I knew the level well enough uh, to start going through it and doing some, you know, some expert type things. But uh, it's, it's a hundred percent accurate that uh, for like a new player oh. who's not, you know, so what, are you trying to tell Pam she's just not good enough at Sonic? No, no. I'm just telling her she's not good enough at Sonic yet. <laughs> oh, I don't think that yet's gonna it just, come. No, it just takes no, see, you know I think that. That's actually a good point because even uh, some games that I played as a kid, like say Star Tropics, um, when I had my NES, I had maybe a dozen games at a time. Like it's not like I had a huge library of games to play, so I could play Star Tropics and find all the secrets and find the best way through all the levels and be completely happy with doing that whereas now if i go back and play that and if i don't already have those memories in my head like especially of the later levels i just find it frustrating because now i'm sort of more impatient i have other things i could be playing i'm in a mindset where i don't want to have to play a level over and over and over to memorize it in order to get through it like i want to be able to you know just use basic skill to get through a game as opposed to memorization of a level. Right. 
And and that's uh, we had this conversation about uh, Mega Man games. Like we had a whole bunch of guys over before the expo last year, and everybody's like, all the RFN guys, okay, like let's play through Mega Man two. And I'm not a Mega Man guy, so I just let them do it. And the thing is, they get to this point in like uh, uh, Wily's Castle where it's like all the blocks, like and these guys are jumping to areas that there's no sign that there's going to be a block there. They just know where the blocks are going to be. And I'm like, yo, if I was a brand new player playing this. I mean, it's it's a great game and everything, but like I would die thirteen times on this level just because I don't know where those where those pieces are. But like once you know, the game is an absolute blast to play through those levels. So I, I do think there is something to say about uh, uh, you know the way we game now versus the way we game back when those games came out. And I think that's the the thing, right? These days, time is the factor. Back then, it was money was the factor, right? So you just always end up on the other end of the spectrum. You can have tons of time <laughs> and yeah. very little to do with it, or vice versa. Yeah. Um, well, that's good. Now, I think we've got – I think Bill's, Bill wants to add a couple honorable mentions. So we'll do some of these a little quick, um, but we'll give everybody a chance Real to quick. mention a couple quick honorable mentions. But, Bill, I know you've got a list, so let me start with you. Real quick, yeah, we already mentioned Fahrenheit. Um, definitely worth a look. Sylphie, we talked about. Hook, I mentioned briefly. It's the the like the Steven Spielberg, Peter Pan, uh, uh, you know, movie Hook. Um, what really, really sticks out, um, uh, and uh, you guys will love this. It's a two D linear platformer <laughs> on Sega CD with like orchestrated music, and you have to like find Tink throughout the level, and you get fly power, and then you can have like you know like fly through portions of the levels. Um, and you can always see the spikes coming, so you always know it's your fault if you died. Um, really very, very, very good. Um, Jurassic Park, uh, I had a lot of fun with. Um, it's not like an action-y, adventure Jurassic Park. It's more like you're moving through the different areas. and It's almost like mist, where it's like, you know, like uh, uh, static backgrounds, and you're just trying to, like, figure out what's going on in, in Jurassic Park. Like, imagine, like, you show up after, after like, everyone left in the first Jurassic Park movie. You're like, whoa feels like Jeff Goldblum was here, but I don't even know. <laughs> like, that's kind of like what the game is. And then Rise of the Dragon. Uh, no one's mentioned this so far. It's kind of like, uh, as a big, big Blade Runner fan, it's the Blade Runneriest game on the Sega CD. Yeah, I just picked I that agree. one up recently. I haven't had the chance to play it, though, yet. Yeah, so- solid. It's uh, uh, it's one that not it doesn't get talked about a whole lot. Again, not terribly expensive, not terribly rare. Just a, a, a solid little kind of futuristic. Uh, I would I don't want to say steampunk, but it's like a futuristic kind of uh, you know like dystopian uh, future uh, detective story. I've also heard it compared to Snatcher. Yeah. Yes, yeah, I, I've heard that too. I haven't played Snatcher, so I can't confirm, but I have heard that as well. Yeah, I was going to say that both of them are kind of like that digital novel kind of idea there. Because mm-hmm. I remember renting Rise of the Dragon back in the day and was – I never got through it, but it was kind of cool. I just remember some wire cutting game or something that's in it that I couldn't figure out or I don't remember what it was. But uh, definitely. Um, Pam, you got any special mentions you want to throw in? Um, well, I actually just played for the first time today Wirehead uh, just for – from my love of corny FMV games. And though I found it very frustrating to play in general, I thought just the the way it was done was pretty clever, and it was quite quite amusing. So what's the premise behind Wirehead? Uh, so in Wirehead, you play a guy who has um, a wire in his head, and he can be <laughs> controlled by remote. 
So you as the player basically have the remote control to this man and you're telling him which way to go and what to do because he is being uh, about to be kidnapped by these two FBI agents. I'm not exactly sure why, but you need to uh, help him escape from these agents who are trying to kidnap him. Sounds totally plausible. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But you will? Uh, For me, I played a few games today just uh, brushing up, and a couple things that stood out that I was surprised that actually stood the test of time was Soulstar. Soul Star, I don't know if you've ever played it, sort of like Star Fox kind of a shooter like that. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, I just found it pretty fun. The graphics held up pretty well. Uh, I also played through some Terminator today. I don't know if you've ever played that one, but Terminator is fantastic. The soundtrack was amazing. The whole time I was like, Pam, Pam, come listen to the soundtrack. But um, sort of like, um, I wouldn't say linear, but it's like a 2D platformer. And, um, you know, even James AVGN talked about how good it was when he was doing his video poo-pooing on the Sega CD. So, (laughs) you know, it's good when you get that approval. But, yeah, those two are definitely some um, honorable mentions for me. Fantastic. Um, I'm just going to throw, probably uh, out of what I've not heard so far, I just want to mention quickly that Shining Force CD is uh, great. It's the uh, two Game Gear games just uh, upscaled to uh, Genesis level graphics. So um, you can kind of play through one scenario and then you can carry on through the other scenario if you have a RAM cart or backup cards, but... Um, I really like, I just love the Shining Force games back on the 16-bit days, so anytime I could get more Shining Force was pretty fantastic for me. Um, and I also want to throw in Eternal Champions, um, Challenge from the Dark Side. Uh, it's a fighting series that never really got any traction, but on the Sega CD version, there is just so many of these fantastically bad fatalities. (laughs) There's like each stage has several on them. Um, you know, your characters have several of them. They really just took that idea and just went crazy nuts with it. So um, I'd say give Eternal Champions Challenge from the Dark Side a play. Not a, you know, it's probably not going to knock Street Fighter off anytime soon, but I mean, it's a good, it's got good depth and it's just crazy fun. I just had a lot of fun with it. It was actually supposed. Sorry, it was actually supposed to be a launch title or something in development for the Saturn, but they decided to stop development of it when um, they wanted to push their Virtua Fighter series to to be like their main fighting series to compete with Street Fighter. So they kind of put an axe to Eternal Champions. But like in the early like EGM magazines and stuff like that, they mentioned Eternal Champions three. No, that is quite true because on my launch Saturn, it was actually on the box coming soon. Eternal <laughs> Champions. Oh, no. Saturn. Wah, wah. And I actually was looking forward to it because I had a lot of fun. I mean, again, I was not one of those games where I'm like, boy, I'm going to get tournament good at this. But it was just goofy fun, like kind of like Mortal Kombat was. So um, I just enjoyed it. It's good stuff. Well, I want to do a quick rundown real quick of just some, you know, we're a collector show. Talk about some collectible titles, ones that are harder to find. So if you're out there and you see these things, um, watch out for them. Um, I'm really going to do this a little differently because, uh, Will, you got a nice collection going here. I'm going to ask as I go down the list whether you have these or not. So um, let's start the top of the list with Robo Aleste. I do have it, and I'm not a huge fan, but it, it's okay. If I hadn't played Musha, I'd probably like it a bit more. Just send it over to me, no problem. <laughs> um, KO Flying Squadron. I do have that as well. 
I know, Pam, you did a review on that one, right? I did do a review of it. I found it to be very mediocre. <laughs> I, I really like the music and the visuals are pretty cool, but in terms of uh, shoot 'em up mechanics, it was very basic. Ah, uh, so a, a, a hearty meh. Yeah, <laughs> basically. <laughs> uh, Lords of Thunder, I think everybody knows already that you've got that one, of course, right? I do. Legit, not a burned copy. Of course, right? everything's legit. Of course, of course. Um, Shining Force CD. I do have that one, yep. I didn't hear it come up. I've never played it. What? <laughs> it's only so many hours in a day. I'm in my 30s. I'm a busy man. Whatever. Come on. <laughs> I got three kids and I play games. Don't start that. Stop games. sleeping. Stop sleeping. <laughs> Stop going to the gym. No, don't, don't. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, you don't want to be stuck going to the gym, right? Oh, uh, yeah, that's it. Sit around and get a pot belly. Please, play some more games. Uh, Check. <laughs> <laughs> Potful Mail. I do have that one, and it's really fun. The voice acting's fantastic, and um, it was actually one of the first games I had on Sega CD. Uh, I bugged Pam to buy it for me, and we got it a few years back, maybe about 100 bucks, and it's you know it's gone up for a bit since then, but... It's a great game to play. Absolutely. Space Adventure Cobra. Yep, I got it Saturday, actually. I, I knew that. Yes, I was pretty excited to finally. I've never seen that game before, ever. And uh, we went to this guy. This guy owns a store a couple towns over. And uh, he knows I'm a good customer. And he's like, you know, I've got some stuff I haven't brought to the store yet. If you'd like to come dig through some boxes, you're more than welcome. Oh, my gosh. Um, he had He has 76 like sealed turbo graphics 16 games uh, including whoa. like legendary sorry the legendary war warrior tonma he has whoa whoa hey hey does he sold those no it's sitting there he's trying to he's asked me to find sellers uh, buyers for him Krabby is looking for the last few turbo titles he needs in his collection put, i think put Krabby in in, in connection with me because i will definitely um be able to broker a deal there he's asked me to find him some buyers for the stuff he had uh, a boxed turbo graphics express but not only was it box it came in the shipping box that they used to send to like eb games and no. stuff like that yeah uh he's got like the box ac adapter he's got a box turbo duo oh man box neo geo pocket color oh, it was just oh, my mind was that's where i found the space adventure cobra he had maybe you know 100 sega cd games he's the guy who got me all my my hardcore saturn stuff like yeah but yeah, send Krabby my way. I can definitely get something going, especially because he's Canadian too. That saves me a lot of headache. I will definitely find a way to try to get him in touch with because you're on RF Gen and Nintendo Age. Yes. So he can, he can communicate with you that way. Or he can sign on Twitter. <sighs> Good luck. <laughs> I've tried so many times. Um, so Pam, did you have to drag him away from this big pile of stuff? Uh, I wasn't there, thankfully. I was at home enjoying, like, an eight-hour gaming session and a quiet house. Oh, I see. Yeah. I see. And he comes home and he's like, you'll never believe what I just saw! Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Eight, eight <laughs> hours. That sounds amazing. I can't wait for May. <laughs> so, uh, are you going back for some of this stuff, Will? Are you going to, yeah. like, get that Turbo Duo? Or That's not really my jam. Uh, turbo oh, I've, I've, heard, oh. I've heard such great things about the Duo, but... I, like I said, I'm almost done the Sega Saturn, I'm almost done the Sega CD. I'd like to wrap this up at some point, and I don't know what I'm going to do from there. Uh, Man, listen, listen to me. Like, you like Lords of Thunders, 
Gates of Thunder. There's Blazing Lasers. There are so many good shooters on <laughs> on Turbo PC Engine. Stop being a Blow bad your mind. influence. <laughs> we have enough video you, games. We're out of you, room for video games. You knew the title of the show before you came on. I did. <laughs> After you're done with with uh, you know a couple of systems, you might think about maybe like unloading you know some of the you know stuff on like, systems that have yellow boxes. Like Web of Fire, I think is what he's <laughs> getting to. <laughs> I've heard that it's actually there's some sort of like infectious uh, genome that like attaches itself to Web of Fire boxes, so it's probably just for safety. You should probably get rid of it. I have one card only, and it's terrible, so you're not missing much. <laughs> We'll just send it on over to him, just for safety's sake. Um, okay, quickly, Lunar 1 and 2. Got both of those? Oh, Will? Where did he go? I don't have I don't have either. Whoops, sorry about that. I hit the wrong <laughs> button. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to send her after you, like, get a heart attack or something. No, I guess I saw here. too much turbo. I'm dead. Uh, no, I have them both. Yeah. Uh, I've never had a chance to play Eternal Blue. Um, like I said, I've been hacking away at Silver Star Story for a bit, but... I should fire up Eternal Blue. I'm deciding if I want to play it on Sega CD or if I want to play the PS2 version. I have both, but I think I'll probably play it on PS... Sorry, PS1, but knowing I can play it on the PS3 on the big TV, probably lean towards that. Can't say as I blame you. Um, And we'll round it out with Earthworm Jim. Yep, I have that one too. So... All the heavy hitters on Sega CD sending nicely in your collection. If you want to give out your address so people can come rob you, <laughs> just let me know. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, but I, I like to mention those because, again, we're a collector show. Some people that are listening may not be as familiar with Sega CD. Um, so while you're out there you're looking, um, these are definitely ones to keep an eye out for, especially if you can find a deal on them. You never know. Some of this stuff still shows up. Um, I, on occasion, I still find these things like on Goodwill CD racks. Y- you'll find some of these mixed in. They'll be loose, but, you know, hey, you, you never know what you're going to find. So just kind of wrapping this up a little bit, uh, Sega CD didn't have a fantastic lifespan, and Sega kind of put it out to pasture in 96, um, which I think, all things considered, is pretty good considering the Saturn was basically hitting um, about what 95 it was 95 yeah yeah so i mean four years is not fantastic and i think most people consider sega cd to be a failure in terms of an add-on but i think there was a lot of great titles for me so just kind of wrapping up i mean general thoughts about the sega cd its legacy and kind of its history so will what do you think I think it was underappreciated in its time. I think now that we're kind of going back and people are discovering stuff like like the Turbo, which is another very much unappreciated console that the Sega CD is getting some love. A lot of people are realizing that some of these games are fantastic. Um, you know, the sound is just any, not anything you'll hear from a time like that. Um, I think the AVGN video kind of put it in people's minds that the Sega CD was just garbage. Uh, I love AVGN and, you know, I'll laugh at the stuff he does, but, uh, you know, Sega CD, there's there's just so many great titles and people are just now realizing that and the the prices are just going right up on those titles for a reason. Yeah, I remember for a time it was great um, because Nintendo was crazy, so if you just wanted to go get a game, you could go buy a Genesis game because they were cheap. Because uh, everybody's wanted Nintendo, and that's over now. <laughs> yeah, and another thing too. I mean, you know, it sold six and a half million, seven million, or something of that nature. And I mean, you know, that's not great, but 
that's about as much as almost as much as the Dreamcast sold. No, Dreamcast sold maybe nine million worldwide, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, but they killed the Dreamcast off really early in its lifespan. The Saturn Did, sold like one and a half million, though. No, like not very well at all in the U.S. Uh, didn't sell it, but Japan it was huge. Well, I mean, as huge as saturn was but i mean it did very well yeah compared I, to here yeah i mean i i don't think the sega cd did as bad as people like to think it's, it's no 32x <laughs> <laughs> well what is uh pam what are your thoughts kind of wrapping up legacy of the sega cd its place what do you think uh i think it occupies an interesting place in video game history i think it's for lovers of FMV. It's one of the sort of prime consoles, um, along with uh, PC, I guess, more than anything. But uh, it's it's very interesting. It's got a lot of games that, though they may not be great games, they're just uh, super interesting. And even many years later, I find them, uh, they've got a lot of novelty. Bill, saying goodbye to the Sega CD, what do you think? Yeah, I I think it's uh it's probably just about as appreciated as it deserves to be. Um which <laughs> is not very much it's, what do you mean what, that good or bad? Yeah. Good or bad. I I mean I mean both. Like there are people who are not into FMV games at all and they don't like it and that's totally fair. There are people who are into FMV and they like it and that's totally fair. Um like uh uh but like uh, Will was saying, like a lot of people are going back to the games uh, uh, from back then. They're starting to realize like there are some good games that maybe they might have missed out on due to the reputation of the system. Um, but uh, you know that's that's just kind of the way it is sometimes. And uh, what was what was interesting last year, um, uh, uh, Polygon uh, named their number one game of 2015 uh, uh, a game called Her Story, um, and that's a modern FMV game. And it's just not something you hear about very much. And they gave it their game of the year uh, award. And uh, so it's one of those things that like there, there are people who appreciate FMV games. There are people who really like games that are interesting and are not like other things that are out there. And that's, those are the games that people go back and they remember about the Sega CD, the stuff that made them unique. And it doesn't seem to be the, like the games that like that, you know, that we were talking about as far as like, oh, here's a game that's like a really good shooter. Or here's a game that's just like a great version of a fighter that was, you know, released for every system ever made. Or like, here's a really good version of a hockey game that's also available on like several other 16-bit consoles. Like, no one's really going back for that stuff. It's more just like, uh, oh, that was like a really interesting footnote on the way to, you know, bigger and better things. But now that we're like at the bigger and better things, you go back and you look at it and you're like, wow, like they really was probably, you know, kind of ahead of its time in, in uh, certain aspects, but there were enough just kind of like throwaway ports on it that kind of turned people off about it. Um, but, uh, you know, the people who uh, looked a little bit, you know, under the surface there, they, they found a lot of really good titles. So for people who are willing to go back and put the effort in, there's a lot of fun to be had there. Yeah, I definitely think it's not um, a system that has a wide enough library to appeal to everybody. But I mm-hmm. think there's at least a couple good titles of every genre that should please pretty much anybody. So, um, you know, justifying the expense, I guess the good news is that a Sega CD2 or something, it's not terribly expensive. And I suppose if you really wanted to, it's not very hard to emulate that stuff anymore. Although, get real hardware, it's not that expensive. But exactly, yeah. Like, the, the only reason to emulate is for games that are like super expensive or you might not be able to play otherwise, but there, there's still like a feeling in the community that it's like, ah, get the real thing. 
you know? So, but it, it is easy enough to emulate these days. And even if you get to the point, uh, Sega C doesn't have any copy protection, so you could burn a game and play them. Um, yeah. not, I'm Which not are, advocating is, is, for guess, that, but it's possible. It, of course you are. <laughs> Which is, it, that's, that's like the half, that's like the, it's almost like the flash cart argument, sure. right? It's like, well, at least I'm playing on real hardware. It's the same, you know, uh, same as the old thing. It's just a different thing. Absolutely. Um, my parting thoughts is I have a lot of history with the Sega CD. I was there from the beginning, from before the beginning. Um, so I have a lot of nostalgia for the system. Uh, as far as do I, will I sit down and play it a lot these days? Only when I kind of get into nostalgia kicks. Um, yeah. And I feel like, man, I kind of want to go back and pop in Sylphie again, or I want to pop in Final Fight. Um, I probably should spend more time with some of the other games in my library that I have for it. I do feel like I've probably... Uh, neglected going back to it as much to try things I haven't, as opposed to other systems that I've got in the collection. Um, maybe some of that's just the trouble uh, of messing with it. But um, yeah, I, I, you know, in hindsight, if I could go back to my 1992 self, I probably would have said, "Hey, Goofus, go get a Turbo CD." But uh, you know, I, it's all right. I enjoyed it quite a bit, and I, there's a couple titles that, again, I have crazy nostalgia for and um and i still love to play to this day so definitely a very solid system All right, so thanks, everybody, very much for taking the time to listen to another episode of the RF Generation Collector Cast. As always, we really love taking the time to do this. Um, appreciate all the interaction and the listeners that are out there. I uh, really do feel like um, it's kind of a, a fun little community to be a part of. But uh, first off, I want to thank our guests. So uh, first off, Pam. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me on. I had a lot of fun. Uh, if you want to find me, you can find me on Twitter. My name is at Jasyla, that's J-S-Y-L-A underscore. And if you want to check out my videos, uh, my YouTube channel is called Cannot Be Tamed. Yeah, and I would highly recommend, not just because Pam is on our show. I mean, that's not nothing to do with it. I mean, like Bill and I said, we, you know, we watched the stuff beforehand and it's, uh, you put out some good content and it's, it's fun. It's entertaining. You keep them to a length that is really easy to kind of sit and watch through and get a good idea of everything. Um, and you've also got the nice lo longer let's play kind of videos if you want to go through that as well. So, um, I would highly recommend everybody take some time to check out some of her videos. Um, a lot of fun retro stuff that's in there. So good job. And I really appreciate you taking the time to come on the show. No problem. Will. Hello. First podcast debut. I know. I know. The jitters are, are over. It took, it took a few drinks, but I'm, I'm good here. <laughs> See, you warmed right up. I had no worries at all. I know you were kind of nervous about it, but um, I want to thank you for taking the time to come on. Um, so where can people find you? They can find me chatting with you and Sega Tomcast <laughs> on Twitter at WattsWC. They can also find me on Instagram at WattsWC underscore VG. And that's about it for me. And you've got a big following on Instagram, I hear. Well, not a big following. I'm at about 1,300 now. It's pretty interesting to see people uh, 
following me and you know chatting with me and talking to me about games. It's fun to kind of share the hobby with people, right? Oh, definitely. I've I've met a lot of great people. I've done a few trades on there too. Surprisingly, I didn't know that people actually did that, but I heard on the um, NARC podcast with Chris Roberts telling me, or t- telling me, but telling people how he does trades on Instagram. So I signed up and. Yeah, I've done quite a few successful trades on there. Got a lot of great stuff come in and met a few great people. So, yeah. Yeah, I think that's one of the things I love about gaming is the community is is a bunch of fantastic people. I, you know, rarely if ever run into some bad eggs. I'm, sounds like Pam does with commenters. But <laughs> yeah, she gets it rough. <laughs> I know. You should track those people down and beat them to a pulp. <laughs> if it was only that easy. I know. Oh, uh, as always, Bill, I appreciate you taking the time to be here with me. Absolutely. It's a, it's a great, great, good, fun time. I appreciate our guests. It was nice chatting with you guys. Yeah, of course. It was great talking to you as well, and we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Uh, yeah, that'll be, that'll be fun. I'm very jealous. Um, I'm sad that I won't get to be at MAGFest, but perhaps... If there was a two-day Retro World Expo that <laughs> happens to get mentioned, I would see oh, you there. Oh, I don't know if that could ever amaze. <laughs> so it's pretty safe to say we'll see you in October. Oh. Foreshadowing. Yeah. Foreshadowing. Well, again, thanks everybody very much for taking the time to listen. Thanks very much to our guests, and we will see you guys next time. Um, okay, you guys ready to start? Yeah. Start XCOM 2? <laughs> no. Oh. You guys can make your own XCOM 2 show. I am, hey, now I just, we just gotta think of a clever name for it. X-Commies. Yeah, we're X-Commies. <laughs> there he is now. I... <laughs> All right. So this time around, we wanted to spin, yeah, no, I'm gonna take a drink. <laughs> Wow, level 39. Hats off. What does that mean? It means I spend too Never much mi- time on not- stupid Steam cards. Yep, <laughs> it means you buy for, like, oh, I can finish that badge. 11 cents. 11 cents. 15 cents. It's bad, too, because when I'm playing a game, she's like, send me your Steam cards. <laughs> what are you talking about? What are these Steam cards? It's the Steam thing. In In a nutshell... They added these badges, and every time you like complete a bat, like you like gain a level, you complete a badge. But long story short, they are completely meaningless. They're just uh-huh. aesthetic, and they just give you like they actually grant you stuff like emojis that you can use like in Steam messages. So uh, um, it's just a, a fun little meta game that uh, Steam people uh, play when they're like Steam sales and stuff. It's really hard to explain if you've never touched Steam before. So just know that it's just a meta game. It's kind of like gamer score, the PlayStation no, trophy uh, stuff. Is that not, it? Not really. Except you have to pay. Not really, because there are because Steam achievements are are more like that. This is a separate thing. This is more like uh, uh, Street Pass games. Okay. All right. I'll take it. <laughs>